It's been 10 days since George Floyd was brutally murdered. How many times do we need to ask you to listen to your plans? What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd? What if I was George Floyd? 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 I am George Floyd. I am Breonna Taylor. I am Ahmaud Arbery. I am Eric Gardner. I am McCormick Dunn. I am Tamir Rice. I am Trayvon Martin. I am Walter Scott. I am Michael Brown Jr. I am Samuel Du Bois. I am Frank Smart. I'm Philip White. I am Jordan Baker. We will not be silenced. We assert our right to peacefully protest. It shouldn't take this long to admit. So, on behalf of the National Football League, this is what we, the players, would like to hear you state. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit wrong and silencing our players from peacefully protesting. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. City! Uh, let's talk some sports because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the spoken spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz, who you'll be seeing very soon. Don't don't get too upset, guys. Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself is here, I promise you. And then we have, of course, our lady, the wizard in the back, Mrs. Gat herself. And uh, she'll be uh, helping us further along this show as much as she possibly can to make us look less pathetic as we already are. So I think that's the best way of putting it. She definitely helps us in a lot of ways. So we definitely appreciate her. We appreciate all of you guys. Thank you all so much. Uh, for the last 66 episodes, being a part of this, as we always like to do, we like to start the show off by thanking all the listeners, all of our sponsors, everybody that has helped make this thing into what it is. We are simply the mouthpiece, and uh, with the mouthpiece comes the body, and we appreciate all you guys being the rest of what makes this the body. So thank you guys so much, and uh, we definitely looking forward to continuing uh, this show that we quite frankly enjoy doing, and um, it gives us something to definitely look forward to every week, but... Um, I would definitely be remiss if I if I didn't echo the sentiments of what we started the last week's episode off with and um, the sensitivity level that we need to obviously keep in place uh, for the foreseeable future. And like I said last week, I'll say it this week, there's no other way to start it but then just by starting it itself. Something I have to admit to all of you about me personally. Some of you know me personally. Some of you have never met me in your life and maybe never will meet me in your life. Um, I hate being wrong. Always have. Maybe it's due to me being the oldest of five kids, knowing and understanding that my younger siblings, like the one sitting to my right during this weekly show, watch my every move and the pride sets in when you know that you fucked up. Maybe it's because I take pride in making sure that I do what's right. So when I do wrong, the guilt sets in. Maybe it's because I don't feel like being wrong. Maybe I don't like being wrong. Whatever it is, I despise it. 
But you know what I hate more than being wrong? The fact that I can always admit when I'm wrong. And I know that's a good quality to have, but not when you are someone who doesn't like being wrong. It's an inner turmoil and conflict that I have fought for many years and probably will fight for many more years that I have. We are all wrong about a lot of things in this life that's understandable and acceptable. What isn't understandable and acceptable is being wrong about the things that can harm the lives of others around you. Joe Lockhart is a CNN's political analyst, but was once formerly known as the 19th White House press secretary. But up to a few years ago, Lockhart was also an NFL executive. Back in 2017, Lockhart students supported the NFL blackballing Colin Kaepernick. And this is a portion of what Lockhart has recently wrote to touch on the matter and how he sees what he stood in support of at that time in this current time. Quote, when I was an executive of the National Football League for a few, a few years ago, our organization was consumed by the case of Colin Kaepernick. The quarterback whose silent kneeling protest against police brutality arguably led him to lose his NFL career and not be resigned by any club. No teams wanted to sign a player, even one as talented as Kaepernick, whom they saw as controversial and therefore bad for business. The NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, and other league executives tried to persuade the teams to change their minds. The league sent owners and players around the country to try to lead a dialogue on race relations and to move, as the sociologic uh, and human rights activist Harry Edwards said, quote, from protest to progress, though Kaepernick didn't get his job back, I thought we had all done a righteous job considering. I was wrong. I think the teams were wrong for not signing him. Watching what's going on in Minnesota, I understand how badly wrong we were. End quote. Then we have Drew Brees. Yeah, that Drew Brees that's easily one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Still playing at a decent level in his 40s and looks to lead his team to success in 2020. Drew Brees was on a Zoom chat with Yahoo Finance on Wednesday, and the host asked Brees how he expects the NFL to respond to the potential of more players kneeling and what he feels is his responsibility in handling it. Brees is quoted in saying, I will never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. Let me tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army, one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all the things that has been sacrificed, and not just for those in the military, but for those throughout the civil rights movement of the 60s and everyone that's been endured by, everyone and all that's been endured by so many people up to this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go, but I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together, we can all do better, and that we are all a part of the solution, unquote. I want to tell you about a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. Francis Scott Key was an American lawyer, author, and amateur poet from Frederick, Maryland. 
What Key is famously known for is writing the song we all know as the Star Spangled Banner, or better yet, the United States Adopted National Anthem. We all know the first stanza. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light, and it goes on. But many don't realize or fail to acknowledge the fact that there's three more pieces to that song that many hold dear. Lyrics such as, No refuge could save the hireling and slave From the terror of flight to the gloom of the grave And the star-spangled banner and doth wave O'er the land of the free and the home of the brave Have been conveniently left out And forgotten when we stand in reverence to the flag Could it be because these very lyrics suggest the celebration Despite the death of black slaves and the glory of American history? I'm willing to bet that most of you listening right now didn't even know that Francis Scott Key was also a slaveholder and wrote this song while slavery was still very much a normal practice in America. In other words, the Star-Spangled Banner, the national anthem chopped or in its entirety, was not intended to dedicate to black Americans. Yet here we are, holding a song and flag over the heads of descendants that died as slaves. Joe Lockhart learned a valuable lesson the hard way. He supported blatant discrimination against a black athlete that took a knee during a song written by a racist slave owner in order to peacefully protest and exercise his rights and freedom as an American citizen. The same rights and freedoms that Drew Brees' two grandfathers fought for. The same rights and freedoms that my grandfather fought for. The same rights and freedoms that our very own Eddie Ortiz once fought for. The same rights and freedoms our bro brother Rob Davis is still fighting for. Drew Brees stated that he never will agree with anyone disrespecting the flag of the United States. Who the fuck is, is, is he talking about? Who is disrespecting the flag that you cherish more than the purpose of said protest? And here are just a few military members that stand in support of what Kaepernick did. One man by the name of John Middlemoss, a 100-year-old World War II veteran who back in 2017 went viral when he expressed his support by taking a knee himself and had his grandson, Brendan Gilmore, posted on Twitter. Well, what about the guy by the name of Nate Boyer, a former NFL long slapper, sna snapper and a United States Army Green Beret? You know, the soldier that made the initial suggestion to Kaepernick that he should in fact kneel and is even photoed standing next to a kneeling Kaepernick with his hand on Kaepernick's shoulder while the anthem plays? What do you say to those same soldiers who stand in opposition to your faulty and outdated at best narrative? Drew Brees was drafted by the San Diego Chargers in 2003. The NFL didn't even mandate the players take part in the National Anthem until 2009. So my question is, where was Breeze and his frustration with the league from keeping him off the field from showing his outward respect for the flag and anthem for the first six years of his career? To push back against an innocent man silently and peacefully creating and raising awareness that people that look like him are still being treated as second-class citizens while harming no one in the process is the only opposition of freedom that I see in this actual... So in all actuality, it's you, Drew Brees, that's disrespecting what that flag is supposed to stand for. If a peaceful protest during a song that doesn't hold the same uh, re remembrance and equality for all Americans, then how do you suggest they protest? What is the right way? What is deemed acceptable? 
I hear people like Drew Brees push back on the way black Americans protest, but yet to see or hear any actual suggestions in order to have their voice heard. It's almost as if there aren't any real suggestions or alternatives. It's almost as if there isn't a real reason to push back other than to simply push back because it makes white America uncomfortable. And here's why I'm also confused with Drew Brees' comments. If you go look back at his social media accounts, you will notice that Brees took part in the Blackout Tuesday. Which, if I'm going to give at least a portion of the benefit of the doubt, means that he is aware of the movement and its relevance. So how could he acknowledge it, place himself in it, and then be this clueless? And more importantly, how will Breeze be able to look his black teammates in the eye after saying these words, after taking this stand? We've already heard his teammates like Malcolm Jenkins, Michael Thomas, and Emmanuel Sanders speak out against what Breeze started in this, stated in this interview. How do you do it now? In the words of the great Shannon Sharp, Drew Brees should probably go ahead and retire after this lock because the locker room will never be the same. Like Joe Lockhart, Drew Brees is going to have to learn the hard way. Like Joe Lockhart, Lockhart, Drew Brees is going to have to admit that he got it wrong. Yes, everyone, and I mean everyone, is entitled to their opinion. Everyone has the rights and freedoms to say what it is they feel is right or wrong. But just like Joe Lockhart and Drew Brees have their rights and freedoms to express their opinions, I have the right to tell them that their opinions are wrong. Your opinion is wrong. Your opinion belongs in a time this country will forever regret. You are wrong. And as expected, Brees came out first thing this Thursday morning apologizing for what he said. But the apology, also as expected fell upon deaf ears because we all know it's simply an attempt to backpedal from causing the stir that he did on his own team, let alone across the landscape of the country. The apology only matters if Breeze actually understood why Kaepernick knelt. And let's be clear, this wasn't the first time Breeze has touched on this stance in this regard. So it isn't just that, he, that we disagree with this short-sighted viewpoint, it was the timing and blatant insensitivity to what is going on in our society. Take it from someone who hates being wrong. It's best to admit your mistake and learn from it in the most sincere way that you can. Otherwise, you're going to continue to be on the wrong side of history. Drew Brees has spent the better part of two decades building one of the greatest, most accomplished careers in NFL history. And is going to have to spend the final season of that career explaining why he divided his own locker room. And Roger Goodell, <laughs> spare me your bullshit. It took you four years to see the truth. And in those four years, you blackballed Kaepernick, stood by as he lost everything. Scoffed when people joked about the entire movement, didn't stand or speak up for the black community, and more importantly, the black athletes in the league you oversee. You condemn racism now? You stand for the protesters now? Why now? What changed? Why didn't you stand up when it wasn't the popular thing to do, Roger? According to Robert Little on Twitter, the NFL social team went behind Goodell's back to create the player-driven PSA, which led to Goodell's PSA today. 
If you're on the social media team and they try to fire or harass you, be sure to reach out to Robert, according to Robert. So spare me your conveniently trendy front-running apology. Show us you're sorry by taking action and making changes. Changes that can and will impact the lives of countless individuals. Your words mean nothing if your actions stay dormant. Because this reeks of you getting out in front of, in front of it so you don't have to have players league-wide kneeling during the anthem and only further pissing off your white owners and stockholders. Here's my question. Why must it take chaos in order for you to understand peace? Why does it take riots and protests for some to finally get why people take aggressive stands? Why couldn't a knee be enough? Why was a knee taken in such a negative way? Why didn't we as a society grasp the pain and anguish that black Americans have experienced for the last 400 years? Kaepernick should have never had to take a knee because this country and our society should have been in a place, shouldn't have been in a place that we still are. So here's my challenge to every NFL athlete that feels it in themselves to use their platform to speak out. Protest. Walk the streets with the people. Wear clothing and make statements through the media demanding justice and equality. Raise your fist during the anthem. Kneel during the anthem. Protest in a way that you deem is authentic. Make the people in opposition of your stance uncomfortable. Force Roger Goodell and the 32 other owners, 32 owners finally answer the tough questions and challenge them to rally with you in demanding police reform. They can't blackback, they can't, they can't blackball all of you if it's all of you. I miss sports. I miss sports every single day. But looking at where we are now as a society and as a world, I'm glad we don't have sports to distract us from what needs our full attention. And it's this. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we got some NBA to talk about. The NBA is coming back next month. And I hope you guys are as excited as I am because it feels like decades since we've had sports. So we're going to definitely break down the return of the NBA, how they're bringing it all back. How do we see this thing shaking out? Is it going to be beneficial for all teams or just for a few? We're going to definitely discuss and dive deep into this, and you're going to see Eddie's face once again, I promise you guys. We'll be back after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. to get on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Pan Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell and Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, Eddie Ortiz. All right, and our lady Gad is obviously taking care of all the important stuff. 
we definitely appreciate her. Um, we are, uh, guys, we're in a place now where we can actually start talking about live sports that are upcoming. Yes, sir. I, I cannot express how excited we are. And first and foremost, how the hell are you guys doing tonight, Trevor? How are we doing, man? I'm exhausted. If you guys can't tell, I'm literally like five shades darker than I was in the last episode. So I've been... I made the mistake of playing out basketball outside a couple days ago, or yeah, literally yesterday, and I uh, refused to put sunblock on. So, besides it, that, I'm, I'm good. I just I, got off work. I'm and of course, tired, he decides but... to wear a white T-shirt to make himself look even darker. I, I appreciate it's, you know Trevor's great. attempt in that one as well. How are we doing tonight, Eddie? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, just chilling at home, doing, doing uh, keeping your uh, social distancing intact. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah it's pretty much. You know, well, you got to stay true to that. Well, even though you're like eight feet away from us, I feel like we're like in each other's arms right now, Eddie. So we really appreciate seeing you here anytime, tonight, man. Anytime. <laughs> so the NBA, again, like we talked about, guys, it has been announced. It is official. The NBA play, uh, owners have agreed uh, to a resume, uh, uh, resuming of the NFL, of the NBA season. Um, per uh, Adrian Wojnarowski on uh, Twitter, the NBA is inviting 22 teams to Orlando. Uh, 13 of them will be in the Western Conference, 9 of them from the Eastern Conference. They will start with an eight-game regular season per team, yep. uh, playing for the eight seeds. Uh, it begins on July 31st, and they're saying that Game 7 of the finals will more than likely end on October 12th. And uh, the votes were held uh, t uh, yesterday to ratify this, and they did confirm they are officially going to accept this 22-team uh, tournament, if you will, yeah. because the fact that there are teams guaranteed to obviously make the playoffs, but they need to see what these other teams are going to do. Now, if we're being honest here, like we talked about last week, the 22-team thing is kind of odd, but at the same time, if you really think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because of the fact that one of the bigger names in the NBA was on the outside looking in. A couple of them, actually. One being the biggest, which is Zion Williamson. Now, the Pelicans got hot at the end of the year. They beat the Celtics. They made some statement wins. They had some statement wins. So they were in a place where they more than likely were going to get themselves in that playoff spot, but we never will know that for certain, whereas the play-in is going to play. Even though the Blazers leave it to the leave it to the Trailblazers to blaze their own trail, no being the only now. team yeah. that decided to push back on this new idea, but nevertheless, Damian Lillard, one of the biggest stars in the NBA, is going to get himself an opportunity as well. And uh, I think this is the best way. I think we talked about this last week. I think this is the best way for them to do it. I think the NBA did the right thing. And I'm more than anything just excited for the fact that we're going to actually see these guys back on the court. Now, my question to you guys to start this off is obviously your overall thought on the new proposal, the accepted proposal, how you guys see it all playing out. But there's been some ideas and some questions as to why it's taking so long, why they're waiting till the end of July when they made the agreements now. Why don't they just do it as soon as possible? So, Eddie, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this um, overall? Yeah, just quick. Uh, I think they, they did the whole July 31st thing because if you think about it, by then maybe this whole coronavirus thing will start dying down. To where the fact that they can have up to 20% fans maybe in the stands or wherever they're going to play. Yeah, maybe 35% of fans, you know what I mean? So there's that there's that possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but at least you, you have that door open to where you're waiting till the end of July to kind of keep that window open to see if you can possibly have at least 20% of fans inside a building, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because with 20%, you can pretty much have six, six feet all around the yeah. arena. So... I can see that. I can I can see that happening and be probably being one of the reasons why they decided to wait this long. But at the other at the other is kind of giving the teams 
that time to to get back into shape, back into in, into re- rhythm. Yeah. So I think that's another big major factor as to why they decided to wait this long. Because if I'm not mistaken, I don't think nobody's returned to practice yet. So with basketball being the way it is, players have to get into that rhythm again. So I can see I can see why they did that gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Till July, the, till the end of July. So. Yeah, I mean, not even just the the physicality part of it, of it, guys getting their rhythm and their the physical aspect of the game back and go and rolling. It's more about I think getting everyone into to Orlando and to the to the quarantine spot and quarantining the players, getting everyone tested, getting that rolling, so everyone who they know is not testing positive is around each other consistently, so they can know they can kind of get that, and they know that everyone's kind of safe around that. Select people and the, the and the crews for each team and the and the players themselves are safe to be around each other, you know? So I think that's the main thing is just giving themselves enough time to kind of consistently be around each other and be healthy and understand that everyone's, you know, not testing positive for the virus at all. Um, this is just a whole, I think this is just giving them obviously their own little bit of leeway too, to give themselves some time to kind of get comfortable with this whole new, you know, being in one location type thing. It's going to be weird for everybody, especially the players. No one's having a real home court advantage. You know, uh, which I kind of like. I kind of like that it's on a neutral floor for everybody, inclu- the Magic including the playoffs. No, are the Magic in the race? I don't think they. I, I don't think they made it. I don't in, think no. they did. Okay, because I want to say, all I know is Orlando. That, it would have been Magic. I'll have to check the nine teams. That's their actual stadium, though, is it? No, no, it's, 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 it's Walt Disney's. It's Walt Disney World. It's still Orlando. Yeah, it's still not home favorites. Right, that's true. That's true. And speaking of that. Uh, some of the uh, stories that I've been hearing is because they want to give as much advantage to the top seeds as possible, which is rightfully so in my opinion because they earn that, and in any other regard, they would have home court advantage. So you have to kind of give them something. Some of the ideas have been pretty ridiculous. They were talking about giving one particular player on your team seven fouls to use. Like, I, Obviously, you're going to give that to your superstar because that way they'll never foul out. Um, <laughs> but I did like one of the ideas I did think was intriguing was the the floors they've been talking about how they would be willing to give the teams who would naturally have home court advantage the ability to bring their actual floors from their stadium to that stadium to to disney world i actually like that idea because of the fact that with wood floors with courts there is a difference in how they feel so if you get that feel of like let's say for the lakers they get the staples center floor in orlando and and the nba signs off on that that's a great idea. But that my, gives them some sort of advantage. Uh, yeah, my only question to that would be is like, how long does it take? Because you're gonna have to have more than one game in one day. I think yeah, that's, absolutely. I think that's doing. So they're talking about five games I a think, day. Yeah, so I yeah. think that yeah. that's that's gonna be impossible for them to do. So I think they're just gonna keep one standard neutral floor. More likely, but yeah, that, this so. is an idea they threw out that I kind of was like, oh, that's not actually not a bad I mean, idea. It, it's not a good idea because you, you, I mean, you have to change yet the the amount of staff you have to have mm-hmm. in order to change floors, bring floors. So it's doing too yeah. much. It is. It is doing a lot, and that's. So I don't think it was a good idea. That's what makes this with. whole situation so unique, though, is that we're like we're in unprecedented, uncharted waters here, where they're trying to figure out a way to reward these teams that, you know, had the advantage to initially or should have had the advantage initially. So it, it it's it is something that I like that they're at least mulling these over. Will it happen? No, I I don't believe that will happen in all actuality. But it's cool to see that the NBA is willing to be this open minded. They're willing to give these teams uh, the idea that, hey, look, we're looking for your guys' best interest to make this as seamless as possible. Now, and your guys', is, when I, I believe it was you, Eddie, that talked about, or Trevor, I believe, that was talking about how it's going to be weird for these guys to be yeah. in a certain place for three months. That's true. But here's the thing. 
are we going to really pretend that for the last three months we haven't been doing that exact same thing oh, this yeah, whole yeah, time? Yeah. So, so if anything, they've been getting trained to be in the same place, and there are much worse places to be at than Disney World for a couple months. I'm with just your saying, kiddos. all the all the teams together. Yeah, sure. That's going to be uh, strange. But I'm saying, yeah. Coming from me, from like my basic training days, and how I was together with these people for so long in a confined space and not being able to do much yeah. other than train. The amount of drama that came out of there is ridiculous. For some reason, men cannot cannot fucking join together in a people, man. It, it just they yeah. just can't seem to get along in a confined space, man. Like the amount of drama that went around around that basic training, dude, it was ridiculous. Hopefully, they can work it out. Hopefully, they have their own little like hotel, yeah. per se, uh, to because if you put all of the teams together, and all those yeah, all this trash talk that's gonna go on. And, so it, they're gonna have to work something. Well, especially, with the, especially with the eight games, everyone's clawing for exactly. a playoff so spot. So there is gonna be a lot of Tension's drama if, you, if you're gonna put them all together in yeah. the same building. You don't want to do that. Yes, you'll have to. Oh, I'm friends with them. Friends with him. But at the end of the day, it's still a competition, and right. you're still fighting for your team to get that title. You know. So. It, it, yeah, they need to work something out. That's fair. That. That's fair. I will say as far as the quality, I know there's people that are concerned about, well, now that we have all of this stuff established, are we going to have to worry about the quality of, of said games? For me, I'm not worried about that, not just because of the fact these are the top athletes of the world and they yeah. know how to play this, but they've been playing all their lives. It's because of the fact that with fewer distractions now, with them being in a solidified place, you're only going to have to really focus on basketball. So if anything, I think this is going to help the guys from the stars, the superstars, all the way to the scrubs to play their best basketball because this is all they got, and they've been chomping at the bit to get back on the court. I think this is only going to be a good thing for them to be in a place, if you want to call it confinement, I don't want to. I don't really want to go there, but that's kind of what it's like. It's like solitary confinement almost where, all right, you play ball and you go back home basically. They can't. They can't be out in public or anything like no. that. They just can't risk the fact that they can catch this thing right. out in the butt when they're out and about. So. And that's probably why the fact that, I, and I don't know how you feel about this, because I know you, when, when Eddie was suggesting the 20 to 30%, obviously I'd be all on board because I want to hear crowd noise. I want that as a part of sports. It's like peanut butter without jelly. It just doesn't, you know, you want both together. Yeah. The reality of that, though, like I want to hear your thoughts on this, Trevor. Do you do you believe that there's any realistic chance, though, that we do see any type of fan crowd in in the stands during this this playoff run? I uh, personally, off the top of my head, if I have to answer that, no, I don't think so. Just because I think, I obviously the NBA right now is leading the pack with with bringing sports back because baseball can't get their shit together. Um, I think Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, Adam's, Adam uh, Silver is trying to be as progressive. Do I do? Yeah, the new, the new uh, GM or the new owner uh, of the league, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um, no, Adam Silver, I think, is trying to be as progressive as possible um, and keeping, you know, being the one who's going to lead the way, bringing sports back into everyone's lives, into everyone's TVs. I think he's trying to be as safe as possible moving forward because if you, you don't want to, you know, bring fans back and then say something happens, say right. something spreads. I just think it's best to just bite the bullet except that you're just going to completely, you know, keep fans out. And then, and then I think the, the waters only get more muddy as you try to do that because then, you know, there's going to be outrage from certain fans who aren't able to get selected to be going to, to go to the games. And the, who the ones are going to get picked and choose, chosen to be in the games in attendance, you know. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to – who's going to be the privileged ones to be even to able, to, able to attend, you know, within the stands? It's, that's a touchy one. It's, it's, I mean, I, I don't mind if that happens, but – 
I don't think I don't think um, but, I don't think they're gonna allow yeah, that. Honestly, I, I, I just brought that up just because it's a I know, possibility. I know, I know the Mexican soccer league is, is contemplating that. Yeah, I think it's up to fifty percent mm. when the season starts, but they still don't know. It's kind of like it depends on how we are as a nation. But I like what the WWE is doing. It is they're putting the rest like their own talent outside in the arena, like yeah. to make the noise. <laughs> so if if you have the other teams sitting there that's while true they're, while they're watching the that's game actually a really good idea before they come on the on the on, like on the court like let's say the, the teams that are gonna play that day you know not just chill there you know what they need the, to do the fan. they need to mic up the players that's interesting I didn't know that WWE I think was they doing need to mic up the players they just started doing that I, I know I watched WWE NXT I don't know if they I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown which yeah. is Monday or Fridays. But I saw the, uh, NXT. That's what they did. That's what they did. They had the talents around the ring. It was a plastic, uh, a plastic shield all around, like hockey, mm. and like so they were banging on, on the glass when when uh, like they were wrestling or like when there was a cool move, everybody be like oh, or like just cheering, you know. So obviously that was that was pretty fun to see, you know, mm. like the actual talent reacting to other other fighters, you know what yeah. I mean. So if you have NBA players that you know that haven't been outside with the outside world you can have the teams that are going to follow those teams that are playing in, uh, on like on the court yeah just chill in the stands the players yeah and like because you know everybody reacts to dunks three-pointers you know so yeah we're gonna see their real emotions to the game yeah but, you know like because they're not going to be playing at that moment yet but we can see their real emotions towards another player making a, a badass play or something like that you, you're still going to have that you can have that crowd emotion, you know what I mean? That's like so, a lot like the conference tournaments in the NCAA basketball, where you have like the Big 12 tournament. You'll have teams that are literally watching the other teams yes. that are about, so it's just exactly. like that. Yeah, yes. so I would be on, on board with that if that shows there's some sort of crowd assembly, if you will, because obviously those guys are getting tested. Yeah. They're okay being exactly. out there on the stand. So I actually, I think that idea is great. Now, I want to ask you guys this. Is there anything, now that we know exactly how this is going to go, is there anything that you either don't like about it or that you would have liked to have seen them done differently? Is there anything at all that you that you don't like about this or wanted to see? Only, Maybe you know they could have tweaked this a little yeah, bit differently. The only weird, I mean, the eight game thing is kind of like I get how you're trying to favor in like the the teams are like three games behind, but you're only giving them eight games, and I mean, they lose three, they're pretty much out. Yeah. But I like it though because each play, each player, each team that are that are all, all the teams that are left are all comp are all yeah comp competing to make yeah, a playoff yeah. spot. They're all every team that's in there right now for this race is so has a chance. So what happens if a team loses, like, let's say three home, uh, three games in a row? Like they're yeah, only gonna have five games. They're pretty much not gonna catch it. It, it really like, depends on how far back to, they are. Do you want to like? Do you want to like three? Games it's really no home, different you know? than than towards the end of the season when there's you know three teams biting and scratching and clawing for that eight spot. It's yeah. really no different. I mean, it just sucks because they're just like thrown right back into the fire. Well, it, that's it, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. different because this one's going to be like a a new season because the last season technically kind of yeah. ended a couple months ago. So you're technically... It like, is what it is, man. Like We've never so, dealt with anything like this well, before. Well, of any, of any I, professional I, I, sport, yeah. go ahead. I wouldn't have money that they would have went straight into the playoffs. I, I get... I, I get prefer you, it this way, yeah. I, I get you want to like... If you're three games behind, I get that you want to like play for a spot. Yeah. But, like, well, I'm a Kings lose, fan, so we have yeah, a chance. Like, if you lose three, yeah, no, like if you lose oh, three games, like, what's the point of you even being there now? Right. Like, I, no, I, yeah. I can guarantee you the games are going to be getting get boring in those eight games fans because if the teams fighting for a spot lose the games that they have to win, it's kind of like 
why the fuck am I here? Like, right. I'm or somebody gets hurt. Time. Yeah. yeah like, so I'm just wasting my time. The, the thing about it is, of all of the pro sports in America, basketball, I don't want to say is the most predictable, but it's the one that when you're the best, you almost always win. So in these scenarios... I feel like the best teams are going to win. I think they're going to get into this. I don't think there's going to be a ton of upsets where, oh, I didn't see this team climbing their way into the playoffs. I, I think they obviously built it this way so they can give Zion Williamson as much of an opportunity as possible to get in the playoffs. And it makes so much sense. And honestly, the NBA shouldn't even apologize for it because this is a star-driven league. Yeah. He is one of the biggest stars in basketball. He's only played 19 games to this point. The dude is only 19 years old. And Lonzo so, was balling before you, the, yeah, this all happened. Right, and that's the other factor, yeah. too, is you have Lonzo Ball with him. You have Brandon Ingram with them. There's this young nucleus with a with a J.J. Redick veteran next to him. It's like, that's a cool story. Yeah. So you want that to happen, which I do believe the Pelicans are going to find their way because they're just so good. As far as going right into the playoffs is concerned, the reason that's so tough is because of the fact that there has been so much lag time between the last time they the played. The there, there's yeah. not going to be this rhythm, and quite frankly, that's when the quality of the game could be of a concern, even though I believe these guys are going to be fully focused and engaged and ready to go. Right. There's a difference in intensity when it comes from playing regular season basketball to play up play a basketball, even with only eight games to play. You're going to see intensity, but they're playing just to get into the playoffs, which means that intensity is not going to match the next intensity. So it's going to be a different level. And for you just to throw those guys in, I guarantee you, you're going to see a lot of guys getting severely injured, and that's not what this league wants. And well, what's up with the thirteen and nine, thirteen on the west and nine on the east? Like I. Like, why couldn't they just go 11-11? Because that essentially, from what I saw, and correct me if I'm wrong, but according to what I was reading, they were also going off of record against conference. So you had more better teams from the Western Conference than the Eastern Conference as far as that record the is concerned. The league really wants the Kings to make the playoffs. Yeah, really, clearly. This is all about the Kings. For them to get that eight. The you know, if we're being real here. <laughs> That's this what it's is, about, guys. This is really all about the Kings. That's our studded Kings roster, baby. <laughs> got to push him in. You got to get him in there. It's just, forget it's forget just, Zion. It's just different seeing this kind of thing because I mean we've never seen it before. So it's just yeah, this is it's just something different. Used to the eight games and then the playoffs. It's kind of like huh, you right? Know, like it is weird, man. It's gonna feel weird, but I'm just like for me, I can't really criticize it, man, because I'm just so I'm overly excited. My excitement for this to be back is just kind of over, you know, glossing over everything. I'm just yeah. glad to have it back. I'm glad to have something. I've missed the NBA. I miss watching LeBron. I miss watching my Kings. It's just, it's a, I'm just glad to have it back. The, like Len said, uh, I don't know if it was last episode that this works in the NBA's favor because they wanted to uh, move to like a December start frame. So now that they're ending in yeah. October, they definitely cannot start in October. No. Oh no. So they're gonna have to move this. So they only work in the in the NBA's favor. They might even shorten next this season. Could be, this could be a blessing in disguise, uh, man. True. We're we're because we all know we're we all watch sports. As much as I love NBA, I don't really start watching basketball on a consistent basis until late November, early December. Christmas is when it really starts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is perfect the for the NBA. Games. Yes. If I'll I'm the Christmas NBA, games. yeah, exactly. If I'm the NBA, I, I run with this. Yeah. And I said, you know what? This is this is gonna this is a good way to push us in that direction. I watch it all it year. Makes I'm an all addict, the sense. Yeah. And plus with baseball being the jackasses that they are, <laughs> more than likely won't have a season this year. Yep. That's Yeah, you heard that correctly. We're probably not going to have any baseball this year. I'm good with it. It is the perfect opportunity for the NBA to take over because there is no NFL that at that time, and baseball is already dropping in ratings. You have the summer to your motherfucking self. It's it's ratings. That's all the ratings right there. No soccer. Yes. You have August and September and no October. That's why the NBA is like, let's get this. Let's go. You can play regular season games late into the summer, 
and have the playoffs or, you know, it, the way you want to build it is basically you have a season that goes right into the heart of the summer. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Especially and, for baseball. You don't want to be competing with NBA and NFL. Like, it's, you're going to well, be. MLB is taking L's. Oh, left I know. Right. Should be MLB. <laughs> that, I mean, it's, it's that bad. I mean, it, it's. it's bad. I don't even want to get started on those fools, man. Yeah. But but the, the I, one more question I want to ask you guys, and I just get your thoughts on this. The obviousness aside, the way this is shaken up, if you really want to break it on, because we haven't seen the brackets and how it's all going to play out necessarily. I mean, I think they, they, they've broken down some brackets, but we don't know the play-in teams yet. Who is this favor the most? Is it the Lakers? Is it the Clippers? Is it uh, the Celtics, Sixers, Bucks? Like, who is it that you guys think that this entire situation from the lockdown to right now to July 31st till October 12th, who is this going to favor the most? I'm going to say Clippers. Do you have a reason for that? I just believe they're with with the the whole Lakers thing. I think they're just a little bit older, so like I think it's gonna the, this whole stop and then go, it might play into fact into the more into like the like the body than than the playing than the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I think that could be a factor. Is it gonna be a factor? I don't know, but I I can see it the way, just because they're older players in the Lakers organization. I, yeah, I, I don't think we necessarily need to choose between which team it favors more because I think it favors the Lakers and and uh, the Clippers the same. I think they both are similar teams as far as like the age group. They have a lot of vets. I think the vets have the advantage with the, this much time off because I think the vets are a little – they've been there. They've done it over and over again so much with you know Paul George, Kawhi, LeBron, and, and AD. These guys have been in the league for a while now. They have that ability, I think, just to just to flip that switch and get ready and jump – you know get out on the floor and, and run run games. I think younger guys – you know, that are trying to scratch and claw for a playoff spot, I think it's going to hurt them a little bit more because just the inexperience. Because experience in, in sports, period, is king, man. Your your mentality is already ready to go. You already know how to kind of, like I said, flip that switch. So I think the older teams have the advantage in this sense. And it could, we could, I could be wrong. It could, we could, you know, see the older guys get on the floor and they look rusty <clears> as shit. But I think it's the younger guys that are going to be a little more rusty mentally, especially because the basketball sports in general is such a ment there's such a mental aspect to the game that if you're out of it and you've you know these young guys have been out you know doing their thing whatever not focusing on the game and then you try to like throw yourself back and try to make a playoff spot. I think it's we're going to see the younger teams kind of fall to the, w the wayside and these older vets kind of get out there and just take advantage Dude, of them. you just bash the Kings, bro. I, I, oh, no. Trust me. I'm a Kings fan. I, I'm completely bullshitting myself when I'm saying the Kings are going to make the playoffs. I already know. They might. I don't even he's know already seen the movie yeah, play yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I already, he's already seen it. Luke Walton's our coach, guys. Like, I already know I'm this. Just, season, that's all. I, they call I, him yeah. the other Walton. I like to lie to myself publicly for fun. It's it's Self-deprecation yeah. is healthy in all yeah, regards. Uh, two teams I want to point out in my answer. And this might surprise you guys. Because of the layoff, and, and that, that cannot be ignored. That is the most important part in all of this, yeah. is, is teams having to climb their way back from the most talented teams to the most inferior teams. The two teams that I think are going to benefit off of everything the most, and this, again, might shock you, to me, outside of the obviousness, is the Celtics and Rockets. Reason why is this. The Celtics have one of the best coaches in all of basketball. It's not sure. even a debate. Brad Stevens is an incredible coach. They also have incredible talent, and in some regards, underrated talent. So I think there's a certain motivation factor for that team, plus of the fact, plus of the fact, no one's paying attention to the Celtics. As great of a franchise there, no one's expecting them to win anything. I think well, Philly, I think Philly too. But fair yeah. enough, fair enough. But here's the difference. 
Brad Stevens, to me, is going to have this team prepared. They're going to be one of the few teams that I think comes out and looks good early. I expect him to have that team mentally strong. And again, they have two incredible athletes in, uh, in uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think th both of those guys have a chip on their shoulder because they know that LeBron's no longer there in the East right now. Mm. So they don't have to worry about him, and that's been their biggest juggernaut. The Bucks are obviously going to be respected, and they need to be respected, but there is a coaching difference between those two organizations and, quite frankly, any other organization in the Eastern Conference. The second team, why I said the Rockets, I know that sounds absurd. What has been the talking point since we all started talking about the NBA coming back together when it comes to the Rockets? James Harden can't win in the playoffs. Mike D'Antoni is on his way out if they don't win. You want to talk about motivated? You want to talk about having all this time just to sit here and stew in that and not have your, the, the, the game you love and to be able to escape this stuff mentally? That's been on their minds this entire time. For the first time ever, I think James Harden is going to look good in the playoffs. And I'm saying that sincerely. I think we're going to see James Harden of the regular season in small portions. I'm not saying they're going to win anything. I'm saying I think the Rockets have something to prove because they know this could be it. This could be the last time this nucleus is ever back yeah. in the playoffs again together. Well, not even just James Harden has something to prove. I mean, that whole, yeah, like him and Russ both, both have both. so right. much to prove. Right. And, and from what I've heard and seen, the pictures, the photo evidence of James Harden, he looks like he's lost like 15, 20 he looks pounds. Great. He's completely he looks shredded. I mean, he's always been in good shape, but he looks extremely lean. He looks like he's been keeping himself prepared and ready to go. He didn't treat the quarantine like most of us did, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, and obviously, I'm, I'm sticking with my prediction. I, I feel as confident as ever that the Lakers are going to win this whole thing with the Clippers. The reason why I can't get myself to buy into the Clippers is for the fact that it's not that they're not good enough. It's the fact this team hasn't played together all year. All year, this Kawhi Leonard has never has not played back to backs all season. He's not played forty minutes in a game all season. Paul George has missed over twenty games. This team's nucleus is not Lou Williams, their six man, an incredible scorer throughout his career, <laughs> is a horrible defender. This guy is a horrible defender. If the Lakers and Clippers match up, they're going to give him the Steph Curry treatment, where they just pick him on the double on the on the on the picks and switch off on him yeah, but every then, but single then you time. Got two guys who can drop thirty and two of the best wing defenders. In the Absolutely, league at the same time I'm not PG. debating. I, again, it's, it's not a, the talent, uh, and they have Doc Rivers as a head coach. They're definitely an obstacle in the Lakers. They are an obstacle. I'm saying the reason I can't get uh, put my arms around <laughs> them and say I think they're going to win anything is because of that very fact. And like you just stated. They have to go against the Lakers. And what have I been saying all season long? Well, as soon as Kawhi Leonard uh, signed with the Clippers, I said that was the biggest mistake of his life because now he has put himself in prime position to have to go against LeBron and another top five player in his prime. That is the stupidest thing Kawhi Leonard could have done unless he would have had another top five player next to him, and he doesn't. Paul George is a damn good player. He's not Anthony Davis. He's proven shit in the playoffs. Who? Paul George. Exactly. Yeah. That's my whole point. We got to see it first. I mean, he, he's not a proven. And we got to see Kawhi Leonard play healthy. Yeah. We got to see Paul George play healthy. I'm not putting my stock in a team that has not only not played together, but has been unhealthy all season long. I can't do it. I just can't do it. So I'm sticking with my prediction. We're obviously going to be giving out brackets. We're going to do our own brackets on the show as soon as the playoffs start to really warm up. That's going to be exciting as hell. I cannot wait to we're actually start talking about games that we're going to talk about the next week. Yeah. That feels like ancient history at this point. So I'm definitely stoked about that. Um, we're going to keep talking NBA because, quite frankly, guys, that's the moving point right now for all of us. That's yeah. going to be the driving force for sports contact and the entire world right now, so I'm super stoked about it. I hope you guys are stoked about it, but we're going to leave that right there because when we get back, we're getting to our guy, Eddie. 
hits the Eddie out. And we don't mess around with the Eddie hour. We give him all the time he wants and all the time he needs. So we'll be back for the Eddie hour after this. KC Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at KC Hemp Co. Hey, yo. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell good. and Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. All right, so we uh, had ourselves a nice little NBA discussion, and I'm not going to talk anymore because it's all t- it's it's the Eddie Hour. It is time for Eddie to take over <laughs> this platform. Eddie, what is going on tonight, man? All right, man. man. Since NBA is all we got right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some NBA questions on here to start this uh, Eddie Hour. So my first question is, Vince Carter has played his last NBA game. Mm. Will he be a first ballot Hall of Fame or no? There's no question. Vince Sanity is, I would say, and I think it's safely put, the greatest dunker we have ever seen in NBA history. Uh, And it's not just his highlight reels that make you put him in the Hall of Fame immediately. It's the fact that he was an extremely underrated scorer. This man scored over 26,000 points in his career. And it wasn't all dunks and windmills and reverses and 360s. This guy could shoot. And Vince Carter was, because he was so great at dunking and finishing at the hoop, we overlooked a lot of other things in his game. He was an underrated defender. He could pass the ball very well. And he was a very a major influence to a lot of successful teams that may not have won championships, but got far into the playoffs. To me, there is no question. There is no debate. I would love to hear someone break down why he should not be a first ballot Hall of Famer because there are guys that made the first ballot that were not better than Vince Carter. He is easily one of the 50 greatest players we've seen in NBA history. There is no question Vince Carter is in the first ballot Hall yeah, of Famer. Yeah, not only is he the best in-game dunker in NBA history, he's also the best dunking contest dunker we've ever seen. The guys There hops. is a difference. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of times there's in-game dunkers and there's dunk contest guys that do the tricky stuff, but they obviously in-game dunkers, it's different. He's, yeah, he's absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer in my mind for sure. I think it's, I think it's kind of a unanimous thing, um, especially amongst players. If you ask players, he's one of the most inspirational players of this past decade and a half, you know, or two decades. This dude's been playing for like 30 years. Um, and I think the most impressive thing on his resume is what he did for the, you know, for Canada. You know, for that Raptors organization, he, 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 you know, made it what it is today without Vince Carter. I don't know how long, I don't know if the Raptors would have stayed in Canada. I don't know if Chris Bosh ever would have, you know, you know, contributed as well. I just think he, he is definitely the guy that made the Raptors, you know, and, and, and set a foundation for that organization to become what it is. And then now, you know, obviously it's a championship organization now with, you know, thanks to the, the likes of, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, you know, those guys, that was a good roster, but I don't think they would have ever gotten there. Without the success to Vince Carter, you know, making it such a pop because he popularized popularized he put him on the map the NBA in Canada. Yeah, Canada was never known, you know, for and that. nobody still wants to go there. But right. he put but them even on in the Vancouver map. The Grizzlies they right. failed there, right? You know, so that he 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 I think he single handedly helped keep that team there and made that franchise what it is. And I think that's the biggest credit on his resume. Not only what he did number numbers wise and as a player and as a human being himself, the things he's done on and off the floor. 
you know, for his community and stuff. The guy's just all around great dude. I don't think there's one, there's not one blemish on his resume. So without a doubt in my mind, he's a first guy. Yeah, dare, dare to say that even though Kawhi Leonard technically won them a championship in Toronto, yeah. I still think Vince Carter's the the greatest Toronto Raptor we've ever seen. Oh, without a doubt. I think if T-Mac would have been able to stick around, that would have probably been different because T-Mac was a better player. Yeah. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, Vince Carter, there's no question, man. Oh yeah, that, we saw Vince Carter develop his game. Uh, gradually develop you know, n- new skills because he was more of a high flyer when he first came to the league and he was not a one-trick pony necessarily but he wasn't the best jump shooter he definitely developed a good you know step back fade away and then it definitely became a much much improved three-point shooter as he's as a lot of great players do develop a better three-point shooter because it's a, it's a muscle memory and a touch thing that they and they're getting better jason kidd but you what? know guys like that develop a better jumper as you go nba yeah. players are getting better did you guys <laughs> did you guys catch that one it's <laughs> facts bro i'll sip on that one all right so Thank you. Uh, my next question is going to be about the GOAT. Uh, oh, LeBron? So well, we're talking LeBron. Perfect. Okay. Mike, I, I've been Mike, Michael, to talk Jor- about Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand, the GOAT, uh, and the GOAT brand, uh, have decided to to commit $100 million over the next 10 years to causes that ensure racial equality, social justice, and greater access to education. Now, we all know Michael Jordan wasn't a, a greatly outspoken activist like he said. He made it clear. Like, I want to hear your thoughts on, on this whole situation. Man, look. This is as great as Michael, as great of an NBA player as Michael Jordan was. I think this type of this type of movement or this type of action from him supersedes the greatness of the player, because this is something that, quite frankly, we've needed from people like Michael. Man, like I don't, again, I I've said it a hundred times. You guys already know what I'm gonna say. I respect the hell and defend the hell out of Michael choosing not to be in the limelight when it comes to controversial topics and activism and things of that nature. That's his choice. But the fact that he's saying in his 50s, you know what? Damn it, enough's enough. I'm going to I'm going to use my platform and I'm going to make a difference. Like that is it. That is key and that is beautiful. And I love the fuck out of this, man. I I can't give MJ enough credit for this because this is just this is everything that this that this uh, uh, the the black community needs and our world needs. He is a difference maker. There is no one that compares in the history of humans that has been more influential in culture and and just general influence from an athlete standpoint than Michael Jordan. He'll never be surpassed in that. And for him to do things like this, that is going to cause waves and ripples that we've never seen from the sports world this is the most beautiful thing that i think mj's ever done in his life just my personal opinion this is great yeah if, great. We, if we had a hold this w section on the show that would take the cake for this week for all three of us for this month at least i mean yeah for for a guy of that rank and human beings history not even just sports history but it's just iconic rankings history mj's right up the tippy top of that um, and people, and, and you know, as far as famous people go, and as far as having a, um, you know, a pedestal to stand on, um, this definitely, I, I feel this makes up, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, this makes up for, um, you know, his, his, his sentiments and his statements back in the day when he didn't want to stand up, you know, for what everyone assumed he would or what everyone assumed was right. I think this is a uh, hundred million dollars, man. That's, um. That's that's awesome. That's, and you're talking uh, over ten years, so a hundred million every, every is, year for ten years. I mean, I, it's definitely so something he can billion? afford, which is incredible. But the fact that he's doing it and he's he's doing it, you know, in in the midst of all this that's going on right now, and he's you know he's using his platform, his stage to to be a voice, and you know, and everyone has their limit, man. Everyone feels that enough is enough moment. And I, I'm so glad that he stepped up. Not only stepped up, but he made a statement 
about all this that's going on. So he used his own words, because money is one thing. If you got that much money, it's easy for you just to throw it out there, just, you know, you know, use some of this and, you know, contribute to your community. But it's also one, it's also another thing to do that while using using right. your voice, MJ's voice, and making a statement and coming out and being thorough and being authentic. That, to me, was the biggest thing is he, he, he put that money out there and he said his words. He came out and, and, and you know, and, and voiced his opinion on all this and, and, you know, voiced his concerns and his support. And that, I, I bow to you, man. That was a, that was a and, huge move and I appreciate it. And the whole... Country yeah, he, appreciates. He it for put sure. his name and his brand's name on there. That's so. that's the, yeah. The, the when he came out with the with the statement as well, I was like, man, I gave him the thumbs up. And then I saw the hundred million dollars. Like, it's beautiful, exactly. man. Yeah, all right. It's awesome. And then staying on the topic of NBA, uh, Trevor, Trevor, you made me aware of uh, of uh, the whole KD thing. There's some rumblings. There's I, some rumblings. Yeah. So first of all, I want to say KD has purchased some some uh, stakes at I think it was Philadelphia Union. So he's a minority owner. At uh, Philadelphia Union for Major League Soccer, so that's news. Yeah, uh, Trevor said he's probably following uh, LeBron's footsteps. I said no. <laughs> Try to get the soccer not game, even, bro. Not, not even close. <laughs> the just the, the the team team difference is crazy. Uh, but you were saying that there is a possibility, rumors mm. out there that that are saying that he might be back for the playoffs. There's just been some rumblings. I believe I was listening to the Odd Couple on the way here, and, and Broussard was like. You know, if he's a hundred percent, why does he come back and play? You know, and he was just putting, you know, saying. I mean, I, I kind of agree with him. Like, if I, I don't think me personally, I don't think KD should come back and play because if he does get hurt, I mean, what is that going to do to his mental? You know, how long is he going to be out? Say he sacrifices another year. He's going. He's you know, he's into. He's getting into this, his early, you know, to mid thirties now. Like I, that's. I think that's the wrong move to come back right now and try to push it for this because I don't think the Nets are capable of making a big run in the East in my mind. Um, but there's been some like there's been some rumblings because he's been playing. I think since early March he's been playing five on five scrimmages. You know he's been running full court scrimmages. He's he's been okay, but I, he hasn't made any statement. I don't believe unless there's been some things that have been you know that have come out since we started recording. But you know if if KD decides to come back, I know Kyrie's not going to be there. But if KD decides to come back, it's, it's a decent roster over there. It's a decently coached team, and they've been winning some games. I think they just beat the, the Lakers right before this all happened, um, which is an impressive win. But I mean, if KD comes in and decides to make a splash, I mean, what would that do for this, you know, for this whole tournament? Yeah. I think it'd be kind of a, a cool. We just gotta check his burger accounts every day just to see what, <laughs> what it's yeah, 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 yeah. Jay, Jay Stedman five four seven four three five seven is his uh, best like, burner account. KD's playing July as a fan, as a fan, <laughs> as a fan of the July game. To me. As a fan of the game, I would love to see KD just play. You know what? Fuck it, I'm if, playing. I mean, that if, would he's be a, cool. if he's a hundred percent, he's already been playing. Right. Competitive basketball. I don't see. And he's don't been cleared see. by all the, you know, all the. He's he's been cleared really for the most part. He's been yeah. playing five on five scrimmages. I know that's not legitimate NBA competition in games, but if he's if he's physically able, I mean, it's up to him. He's who knows what's going on in his mind and the decision he makes. And, and you know, I, I it's hard to read that guy's mind. Him and Kyrie both, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. But if I'm him, I wouldn't. But as a fan, I ju- I, I honestly would love to see that. All right, Lance. There's no chance in hell KD's playing <laughs> in, the, in this playoffs. And the reason why is this is because of what everything Trevor just stated. You you can use that as an angle and saying, well, because he's already starting to play, it makes sense. But here's the thing. Yeah. Trevor's 100% right. The risk factor of him getting hurt is still very high because of the fact that it's it was such a severe injury 
Ask anybody that's popped their Achilles before. It's not even just the physical side of things that that you worry about. It's it's your mind. Uh, Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football popped his Achilles when he played football. And he talked about for years after he popped that, he was constantly worried that he was going to do it again just walking. Yeah. Which you can do, by the way. Yeah, your brain starts to favor yes. right side of your body. So, so KD does not need this type of environment to be what he comes back to. What he needs is some meaningless games in November or December that no one's watching to get him to warm back up. I'm sure if KD played right now, he'd play pretty well. But it's the mental side of things, and it's his body getting back into the rhythm of things. Because you got to remember, it's been over a year now since he's played basketball, like yeah. real basketball. It was this month, last year, he popped his Achilles. So it hasn't really been that long. And he, his body and mind need to be able to coordinate together and get in some unison before he plays some meaningful games because well, he's not be, playing any meaningless yeah, games say, that's for sure be, would it be worth it i mean the nets have a slight chance to right. make it but would it be worth say you know philly's like i said that's why i think this rest benefits philly because uh, uh ben simmons is probably gonna be back ready to go right uh and and joel beats gonna be 100 ready to go you know so who's gonna have to face you know if, he, if they say they squeak into the, the eight seed in the playoffs who are they going to have to face? You know, well, have to face the Bucks. Like and another thing to think about for this also, this could be a blessing in disguise for the Nets. Think of it this way. No one's expecting the Nets to win shit because they're not going to win shit, right. okay? So we all know that Kyrie and KD have a plethora of playoff experience, right? So they don't need to play right now. You know who does need to play to get some playoff experience? The rest of the Nets. So how perfect is this for as many games as they end up playing if they do to get that experience in, so next year when you get KD and Kyrie, these guys have a little bit of independence of saying, "Hey, we played some we played some playoff basketball last year without you guys. Now we get you guys. How badass well, is and, this?" And plus, now they are a little bit more cl a closer of a veteran team, a playoff veteran well, team. Plus, KD has zero chemistry with any of the guys on the floor because he hasn't played with any of them yet. Exactly. You know, so like him going out there and playing with like basically pick up with a bunch of guys he's never played with. I think is just kind of a. It's a bad, you know, the, 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 the simple math of it all, I think, just kind of stacks against him more than it does with him. Um, but like I said, selfishly, as, a, as an NBA fan, I'd, well, I'd love to see KD out there in the East, in the East, you know, fighting for a playoff spot, see if he can make some noise in, in the tournament. But it's probably not going to happen. But, yeah, I would like to see it, honestly. But he shouldn't. But. All right. Well, we're moving into Lem's favorite sport, uh, baseball, uh, Major League Baseball. For the record, I loved playing baseball. I'm the not, majors I'm, are just—I'm just, self-admittedly not a baseball guy, so this is yeah. <laughs> Continue, Mr. Eddie. So, uh, you—you're probably going to be able to answer this question. Under a March agreement with MLB, minor league players have been receiving $400 a month during the league's coronavirus shutdown, but that financial assistance was set to expire at the end of May, which, obviously, we're already in June. Mm. The Dodgers have reportedly agreed to continue paying them their minor league players when the previous deal expires, but. David Price added contribution will go a long way here. Uh, he added a thousand dollars a month uh, to, to every player f uh, for the month of June. I didn't see that. So like, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on like this whole MLB situation, the way they're treating their minor minor leaguers, like with this whole four hundred dollars a month. Do you think every team should join the Dodgers and still? I, I mean, I haven't heard anything about other teams joining the Dodgers and being able to pay their minor leaguers and, and all this stuff and uh, players who have the, obviously, the funds to help minor leaguers step up like David Price has. Like, do you guys think that, like, this should be kind of like a 
like a, like a start of a movement per se, like you yeah. know, like for 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 Major League Baseball. Absolutely, yeah. um, this is the most common sense thing. Like baseball can't, the MLB can't seem to get a lot of things right. And so it only makes sense that a player decides to set a revolution like this. Right. The MLB should have been doing this. And, and I will give the Royals a lot of credit because, to their credit, they are honoring all the contracts they have for the minor leagues. So they are with the Dodgers in this regard to where they're keeping their uh, situation intact with their minor league players. They're not uh, furloughing anybody. They're going to keep everybody in place and pay them what they're worth. Now, as far as what David Price is doing... You have to think because baseball is one of the, the majors is one of those leagues where they have so many multimillionaires that it only makes sense that these guys would take care of their guys because you have to think unlike other sports you're almost all year around with your guys in baseball right. you're spending eight to ten months with these guys so they're 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 your family and I don't I don't want to obligate or put in the air that these guys are obligated to do this what David Price did was out of the goodness of his heart and I commend the shit out of him for that but I do hope and I do believe that other baseball players like you know Mike Goldschmidt who has an insane contract Mike Trout uh, Bryce Harper guys like that like it should be a prerequisite yeah. that they're following suit if not they should have beat him to the punch beaten David Price to the punch mm -hmm. to where they're doing things like this now again I expect it to happen and I do believe that baseball Baseball players are going to do what they need to do to take care of their next man because a lot of those minor league guys are making it simply off of those contracts some of them don't have other jobs this is their livelihood so it's great to see i just the bigger i don't want to like go around your question what i hope to see is the major the major league baseball gets their heads out of their ass and starts to play baseball again so we can start seeing these guys make money and we quit worrying about this altogether i know i'm oversimplifying it but this isn't as difficult as they've made it to be get your asses in shape and play some freaking baseball whether it's a 50 game season 78 game season whatever you guys end up agreeing on can we get a freaking agreement and start playing sports for the love of god there are 30 million 40 million americans out here don't have this jobs and you're bitching over this, this money chance. right now come yeah. on i know money is money and it's business these are businesses but at the end of the day you are also a sports entertainment business Get on the fucking fields, man. Sorry to like go on a tangent no, off no, your no. question, but that's where I'm at with all that. I'm just so sick of baseball. Our own guy, Fake Ned, was like, RIP Baseball of 2020. And he's right. I don't think there's going to be a season because of the greed of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Tim Kirchner, I think he But David Price is doing that. what's right, man. I think Tim Kirchner even came out and said that we're probably not going to Yeah, he'll be shocked. I said now, that a while ago. I don't know why his his words are getting spread more than mine. Kurt, well, Kirchner, <laughs> you probably have the same sources as <laughs> Kirchner. No, Kirchner did say earlier today on SportsCenter that he's being told that they, that yeah. people are 100% confident there will be a season. But no. Kirchner's like, I don't know yeah. how they're getting that confident. But <laughs> he doesn't I, I don't. It. I don't see it either. Yeah. I don't I mean, see I, it. I, I, as much as I'm not a baseball guy, I do appreciate the game and the, the pastime of it. And I, and I like the sport. I'm just not diehard about it. But... I will say this about the ML, not necessarily the MLB, but the players. And there's, there's not a better union in sports than the players union for MLB. Baseball players take care of their own. Um, so I do believe a lot of uh, other superstar players will follow suit. Mike Trout's a great dude. I know uh, Harper's a good dude. I think they will contribute and take care of, um, even though I think the, that's the franchises and the, and the front office and the owner's jobs. Um, but I do, like I said, I think the players in the MLB have, there's a special union and a bond there between the MLB and the players. So I do think that they will take care of their own because these are guys, you know, these guys in the minors are, this is their future. You know, they, they put everything into this. And I think a lot of the stars in this league understand that because a lot of them have been there. So these guys are trying to make it and they're trying to feed their families at the same time. $400 a month is rough. 
Um, so yeah, I think I, I think I do think at least you know a handful, maybe 10, 15, 20, maybe hopefully more um, star players with the soft cap of the MLB. These guys make so much money, should have no problem contributing to that. So, all right, cool, cool. I want to talk about a little bit of uh, 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 Roger Goodell's uh, PSA announcement, and I, I want to get <laughs> like I know you you talked about it a little bit earlier in your in your uh, monologue, but I also want to get Trevor's opinion on this. Yeah. Like I, I want to know, like, I, like, what do you think of like him acknowledging that they were, quote unquote, like wrong? Like, even though everybody knew that they were wrong for, like, this whole shit. Yeah, know? it feels like a safe saving face situation. I didn't get to really read his PSA because I was at work and I literally came straight here, so I didn't have time to like look at my phone because it kind of broke. All that kind of came out while I was at work and on route, so it was hard for me to really like just take time and read it. Um, but I feel like. Because supposedly, like you said, somebody somebody hacked into their so or somebody oh, snuck, his team, their their his their team social team. Out. It wasn't even yeah. really his word. Yeah. Um, it definitely doesn't feel like a Goodell thing. It feels like, and if it was, eventually he came out and said it. I, I, it feels like a safe face thing. I mean, I appreciate the fact that it's out there now, and then they said that because, like you said, everyone already, even a lot of even during the time of Kaepernick's situation, a lot of people agreed with Kaepernick and felt that he wasn't doing anything necessarily wrong. Um. Me personally, like I, like you said, I was one of those people that it was never wrong. Uh, had an issue with Kaepernick himself, but I, this definitely feels like a saving face, and it feels like I'm, I'm not gonna make it into a negative thing because I don't want to. Because already so much negativity going around right now. This is this. I'm looking at the positive side of it. You know that they're acknowledging they're wrong, and I think that is a a good form of humility for the biggest gladiator in sports. You know the Shield. You know the NFL coming out and making that statement and admit, admitting they're wrong. About you know, call Kaepernick what you want. He was a fairly mediocre player, but for what he stood for, you know, it was, in admitting he was blackballed, not because he was not talented enough to make a team. Because we've seen, you know, players terrible trash quarterbacks come out of retirement and make Joe teams. Flacco. Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah, we can go. The list goes on and on. There's backups that did not deserve spots over Colin Kaepernick. Starters that didn't deserve spots over Colin Kaepernick. So and definitely, he was obviously admittedly blackballed, and I have a ma- massive problem with that. Um, that in itself is a racist situation there. So, I mean, it honestly, I just um, personally, I, I from my opinion, if, if I'm putting myself in Kaepernick's shoes and anyone else who was offended during that whole situation, I appreciate the words. I, I appreciate the humility. And let's move on. And, let, and, and I want you to show me that you actually mean those words. I want you to show me moving forward that you are not going to hide the, the national anthem uh, take it completely off TV because you're ashamed to show that there's players protesting and kneeling for this. The fact that you have to hide that, that to me speaks volumes in itself. So just show me. You can say all these words. You can come out and apologize and, and say that you were wrong, but show us that you're wrong. Make the change to to make that wrong a right. That's where I, That's how I feel about it. So. All right. Cool. 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 All right. For my last question, uh, we're also moving sports now. So, I believe it was. I believe it was today. LA Galaxy decided to part ways with Alexander, Alexander Katia or something like that. Mm. It's a soccer player. Yeah. Uh, for posts that his wife made online. <laughs> My question is, so he pretty much got fired for what his wife said online. Uh, My question is, is it right to be fired from your job for comments you did not make? Hmm. Well, I guess that's a that's tough, difficult man. question. I mean, yeah. I'm going to answer it, uh, but I guess I would kind of have to know 
not what she said, but did he back her up in no. it? Okay, he did he recant that he like resented like, it or he didn't, that's he a lose lose like, for him, he, he man. Didn't retweet, he didn't do anything. It was just his wife. And what was the and, comments and exactly? Fe- uh, so there was a picture of uh, people looting a, f- a Footlocker. Yeah. And she said she put on on uh, big letters. She put uh, black Nikes matter. Goodness. So, that's to me. That's not a fireable offense, but because uh, so if he comes, if he comes out of, and defends so either way, fans, it's a lose lose. A lot lose. of fans went uh, to the LA Galaxy installations, <laughs> and they requested for this man to be uh, let go. Mm. And as as a, you know, as like what it's going on, <laughs> the LA Galaxy decided to part ways with him because of what his wife. See, I think this is where the pendulum swings too far, because this is. I mean, I get it. We're trying to stand up for, you know, injustices. We're trying to, you know, but I think this is kind of an extreme situation where the pendulum's kind of swinging past where we need it to be. Um, I don't I don't think he should have lost his job for that because if he comes out and he defends, defends his wife's statement, you know, he'll probably obviously lose his job. But if he, if he comes out and is openly against his wife, then he's got to go home to that, you know, and deal with that at home and possibly lose that. You know, who knows how, you know, but obviously what she said was stupid. I don't think he should lose his profession and his... What he's worked his whole life for to be a professional athlete because of that. That's why I think this has kind of swung a little too far with this, with the, you know, the social justice stuff and the, and the and the social media outcry of certain things. I think that's a little too far for me for someone to lose their job when it wasn't even his sentiments to begin with. That's tough though. Yeah, that's this is this is a like Trevor said. It's kind of lose lose. Um, yeah. No matter what stance he took. Um, man, I, I'm gonna be very sensitive to this because of the the climate that we live in right, right. now. Uh, obviously, what she said was just fucking stupid. That's just what the hell are you thinking? You know, that's just beyond stupid. Um, I remember there was that story that came out. I think it was even last year where Colin Kaepernick was close to signing with the Ravens, but then his girlfriend came out on social media and talked, <laughs> accused uh, Ray Lewis and I believe the GM of the Ravens of being racists, and obviously it fell apart. Now everybody was saying, "Well, that's." kind of how it goes uh you know if you have somebody who's attached to you directly saying stuff like that you might suffer the consequences even if you're not the one that actually did anything i don't agree with being i i hate it in class like when you aren't doing shit and the other kids behind you're acting like dumbasses and you, the whole class gets in trouble right. hated that shit totally hated it for me though unfortunately in this particular situation because of what is going on in our society I, I don't want to tell you how to run your marriage because that is not my right. But maybe, you know, have a little discussion with your wife like, hey, let's not post stupid shit. Otherwise, I'm going to suffer the consequences because I'm the famous athlete here. So maybe, I don't know, don't do stupid shit to get me in trouble. So I'm not going to sit here and say I think he deserved to lose his job. Because yeah. for the record, I don't. But I feel like this is the kind of shit that happens and this is the stuff that follows. So... I'm not. What I'm saying is, it shouldn't have probably happened. He probably shouldn't have lost his job. But I understand, given the scenario and situation that we're currently in as a society, what was, what was the, just was, stupid. Was there an ultimatum given to him? Was for like him yeah. to like choose to? Def, did they even come to him to ask him? Like so I don't really they, know the whole scenario. So uh, 
This was uh, yesterday in LA Galaxy. I've seen the news. So yesterday, LA Galaxy was saying that they were going to hold the meeting today with a player. Oh, so they didn't meet and, with him. And then, and then today they decided to part. That's interesting because so here's he the thing. Have, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The question is, the dialogue in those conversations, dare we speculate, right. they could have asked him, do you share the sentiments of that's your what, wife in this regard? Oh, yeah. If that's the case, what choice did they have? Then it makes it a whole nother conversation. Yeah, if he defended that, then. if he's like, "Look, my wife had a lapse in judgment. I don't, I don't support what she said," and then they fired him, I'm yeah. not going to be so like, "Well, you got what he had coming." But if he's like, "You know, my wife has the right to say it. She and I, I don't really have a problem with it," yeah. then it's like, "Okay, bro, you, you kind of this the writing's on the wall for you." Yeah. So again, this is news to me. I did not know about this until right this very moment. In fairness to our stance here, I would like to research it a little bit. Fair question, though. I think, like I said. Giselle was the... I don't want to draw comparisons here because this is two different situations, but when they lost the Super Bowl to the Giants, the Patriots lost the Super Bowl to the Giants in 2011, Giselle was talking that shit on Wes Welker. Does that reflect Tom Brady? No, because she's her own person. She can say what she wants. She just happens to be Tom Brady's wife, so naturally it's going to draw uh, controversy. Or Aisha Curry, too. So same with yeah. her calling the NBA rig because Steph, <laughs> Steph held an L against well, LeBron. I had to pay more attention to her. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to go there. But I'm just going to say, as far as the NBA playoffs, when she claimed that the NBA was rigged, it's like, right. okay, you probably, you're only going to cause a problem for your, for your husband. And it did. So, again, they're their own people. She has the right to say whatever she wants. But unfortunately, in the climate that we're in, right. there are going to be consequences with that. Especially, like I said, we I'd love to be the, the fly on the wall in that conversation they had with them because obviously the results were, okay, we're letting you go. There had to be something in that dialogue this they didn't like. a major lapse of judgment on her Because he was, he was essentially interviewing for his job at yeah, that point. He's yeah. like, well, we got to figure, we got to justify a way to keep you because we're going to have some serious backlash from the and from the people if we decide to keep you despite this so you're gonna have to basically tell us why we need to keep you but, on yeah i mean even if, if even if the, i would say even if they kept him i think they would have still gotten that backlash oh, yeah. because of his wife oh yeah and a lot of people on twitter were saying like it doesn't matter if he like apologized or anything it's like he knew he married a racist girl yeah i'm I like mean, well technically like you don't know who really is who, she like, likes some nikes Somebody had somebody hides their colors pretty good. That's just you know such I mean? a stupid but, thing to post. Yeah, it like, hurt, that's yeah. so stupid. It's lack of awareness, man. She should know that like, she's married to an athlete. Yeah, regardless but. of the time, that's not something you want to post. But let alone right now, like in the middle of this, like how the lack of self awareness. Then again, bro, we don't know what, what was said in that meeting between him and the, and the ownership. Yeah, yeah. He could have said something stupid to follow up with. That's it. yeah. I don't know this guy. I don't because know, it's tough. You know because you, all, I'm sure he wants to have his she, wife back too. Well, I mean, too you know, yeah, so she felt comfortable enough to post that. So they. They could be on the same page with a lot of What an know, ugly situation. Because I know LA Galaxy told her to remove the the post immediately, and mm. obviously they did. So, yeah. I mean. I think that should have been enough, but yeah. That's nah. that's a know. tough one, so, man. Yeah. That's That might be the toughest question you've ever asked. Because that, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a tough one, man. That really is. Because that, that starts to get in some very like muddy waters. <laughs> and it's just for me to like sit here, well, you probably still, you know, I, I can't be that guy. I can't tell a person how to run their marriage and stuff like that. But like right. I said, it, everything just kind of, the add up is there, is what I'm saying. So I can't really blame the Galaxy for making the decision they made. I, I really can't. So. So that, yep. I mean, that is it for me, man. I wanted to close with that question because I, I awesome. knew it was going to be the hardest one. That's a fucking curveball. Yeah. Thanks for that, Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> Shit. <easy. laughs> All right. We're taking a break. When we come back, we're talking Chiefs, boys and girls, and we're talking about our favorite head coach, Mr. Five Guys himself, Andy Reid. I want to I'm gonna break down something to you guys as to what I'm expecting to see from Andy Reid. And, yes, I think we see a new and improved Andy Reid, and that's already great himself. He's already great as he is. 
But I think there's going to be something we see from Andy Reid that we have not seen before. We're going to talk about that. We'll get back to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Hold up, son. Word. Yeah. To all the killers and the hundred-dollar billers. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say hello to Gat. Uh, she's been doing all the work for us. We've just been chilling here, having a Capri Sun or two. It's been a blast tonight. What can I say? Uh, we are always glad to be here, guys. And I know you guys are glad to be here because I know the majority of our listeners and our viewing audience are Chiefs fans. There's no mystery about it. We are based in here in Kansas City. It's called KCPN, for Christ's sake. Uh, we are Kansas City, and we try to embody that as much as possible. And the Chiefs are what we like to talk about the most. Uh, believe it or not, uh, it isn't just LeBron James. I, I promise you guys, we actually like talking Chiefs. It's just been one of those <laughs> slow times where there's not a lot of football news, if you will. But I wanted to bring something up tonight because I, a couple of weeks ago, as I'm sitting outside of Minsky's trying to get our uh, Joe's KC pizza... I'm sitting there thinking about Andy Reid and, and just the longevity of his career. And I started to develop this take. I, I, I'm of the full 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 belief that Andy Reid is going to be here through 2025. And I broke all this down. And we can definitely talk about that as this segment goes on. But as I started to think about the longevity and how long Andy Reid is going to still be here in Kansas City, and I'll give you my reasons why later on, I also started to think about what exactly are we going to see from Andy Reid in 2020? Yeah, you expect automatically that Andy Reid's going to be back to his same old tricks and he's going to adjust things, and that's what he's known. He's not a system quarter or coach. He's, not a, he, he's constantly adjusting, constantly staying on top of things and being ahead of things quite often where the league starts copying some of the things he does. And then I started really thinking deeper. I was like, you guys remember back in high school, like, your buddy comes comes to school like after that you know long layoff of like spring break or Christmas break or whatever, and they come back with these badass new kicks or a nice new jacket or hat or whatever, and they just they're feeling good about themselves. Even maybe yourself, you feel that way when you get something new. You're feeling fresh. You're feeling confident. You you know you, you're feeling good. Well, Andy Reid's coming into this season with a ring for the first time, and you have to imagine that that is going to be something that's going to make Andy Reid be making himself feel really good because although he's a very humble guy, Andy Reid knows he's a badass. <laughs> Andy Reid's fully aware of what he is and where he stands in NFL history, and it's high up there. Now, with Andy Reid being already great at what he does for the last two decades, for the first time, he's coming into an NFL season as the man. This has never happened to Andy Reid, and we all know that. But not only that, Andy Reid now has a Super Bowl MVP as his quarterback. There is a different cachet that comes with that for both individuals of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So I really thought, and I was like, I really believe we're going to see Andy Reid like we've never seen him before. I don't want to sound cliche. I don't want to sound like I'm just throwing blanket statements statements out here. But I really do believe we're going to see Andy Reid as relaxed, as comfortable, and as confident as we've ever seen. And rightfully so. To bring up LeBron James, 
LeBron in his first seven, eight years in the league was already the best player in, in the NBA. Same with Michael Jordan. But when they started to rant, win championships, you saw a different level to their game come out. You saw a comfortability. They weren't as tense. They weren't as tight in those big moments. Mm. Something Andy Reid has been known for negatively at times is clock management and issues late in games. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Andy himself knew, because he's a very self-aware person, ah, shit, this is happening to me again. It's a tight moment, and I'm fucking up again. That's fair, because Andy has done it, and we've seen it here in Kansas City for the last seven years, let alone in Philadelphia for the first 11, 12 years of his NFL career. That's no longer a thing. Andy Reid has bought himself a lot of cachet, and I think... That 2020 Andy Reid is going to be the best version of Andy Reid we have ever seen. A lot of people think once you win a championship that you start to get a little lax and you start to get to a place where you don't care as much. I think it's the contrary for Andy Reid because this isn't the end of things. And that's where it comes into when I talk about him coaching until at least 2025. Andy Reid is 62 years old right now. There are currently three head coaches that are at least 67 years old in the league. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Bruce Arians. Is Andy Reid not as good as all three of them? Yes. So in five years, Andy Reid will be at the age those guys are all currently at right now, or at least at that age. So I thought to myself, why in the world, barring any health concerns or any health issues, that Andy Reid won't be coaching in Kansas City deep into the 2020s? I don't see a possible reason, and here's the biggest reason why. Patrick Mahomes is so freaking young still, we forget as much as he's accomplished, He's not even 25. Dare we say, Patrick Mahomes hasn't even entered his prime yet. So with that, and the fact that coaches don't age like players do, we can make the case that we haven't even seen prime Andy Reid yet. I'm going there. 62-year-old Andy Reid could be prime Andy Reid. Because now, we get a version of Andy Reid no one else has ever seen before. The playbook's unlimited now. And that couldn't excite me more than I am right now. Boys, as I try to ice myself down right now, Trevor, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you called him the five guys guy himself or whatever. Uh, it, when they did that Tyra Matthew-a-thon thing on the radio about a month, about a month ago almost, uh, they, they interviewed Andy Reid on there talking about how, you know, he'll... Sometimes he'll order himself two doubles instead of just one. He, he enjoys the, the doubles over there at Five Guys. So I, like you talked about, you know, uh, him, you know, the, you know, your friend coming back from high school after uh, a break. You know, this is, I think, Andy Reid enjoyed his first double. Uh, I think he's going to start unwrapping that next one once he comes back uh, and gets, you know, training camp going and stuff. And I think he's craving that second burger. Um, so I think I think I, I 100% agree with you. I think that he, the, the, the playbook is con- continuing – to evolve with, with along with Patrick Mahomes is not only his skill set but his mind, and Patrick Mahomes has already proven that he has the 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 internal fortitude to, you know, carry it and win it all and and and, and shine in those big moments even when you're facing the ultimate adversity, being down double digits in every single playoff game, including the Super Bowl. We've I think we've over I feel like we've overcome all of the obstacles that have been thrown our way. I mean, there were, last season was like the biggest test ever. With Mahomes being hurt, with the, with with you know, numerous players being down, Chris Jones not being available for one of the biggest playoff games, you know, in Chiefs history, overcame that without him, you know, and then overcame the, and, the, and then won, eventually won the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, Andy, Andy Reid's never been this confident in his entire career. 
you know so confidence is king not only for coaches but for players and when the players are that confident and the coach is that confident and you got a guy who has untapped potential in Patrick Mahomes who we more than likely haven't even seen the best of yet because self admittedly admits that he was still learning plays last year still, still learning how to read Re defenses, defenses last year this is the Super Bowl champion quarterback of the league the face of the league now who's self admittedly was wasn't able to read certain defenses and was just winging it on a lot of plays Wait till he's able to read defenses. Doesn't have to depend on winging it, and then can wing it when he wants to. When the he reads that defense and that defense adjusts. I mean, this is this is the, the untapped potential not only for Andy Reid as a head coach, but for Patrick Mahomes and this defense that's growing and getting better and and, and building a, a legitimate locker room that we haven't seen for a long time that we've needed in the city. So, like you said, man, like this is. I mean, what what can we what do we really expect moving forward? I. I Honestly, I only expect further growth. I only expect Patrick Mahomes to improve with, with, with him being as young as he is. And Andy Reid, this, add, this has added years to his career, not only his career, but his life, man, because health-wise, this is the happiness that you feel from the success. It, it, it has a physical impact on you, and it's blissful. And when you experience bliss like that, it extends. You know, This is why you know, older folks will tell you, you know, that, that, that their grandkids keep them young because it's that youthful. I mean... This is what Andy Reid is. He's a granddad. He's a dad and a grandpa to a lot of these players. And he's taking, you know, the, the best quarterback in the league under his wing. He's sitting on a goddamn gold mine right now in a city that's been super hungry for this. You don't think we want more? You don't think he wants more? You don't think Pat wants more? You know, so Pat obviously has proven, he is showing that he wants to be the best in the game. Andy Reid has already made it into the Hall of Fame at this point now with that chip. Why not add to that? Why not combat and compete with, you know, the Patriots and Bill Belichick's success? Why not try to do that? I'm excited for it. I'm expecting nothing more than superseding what we've already we've already you know bypassed and and and, and accomplished so far with this this new dynasty that we're building here. So nice, nice. So I'm gonna change it up a little bit. Um, with Andy Reid, uh, obviously we know he he probably doesn't eat the healthiest, just like <laughs> you know me. I think you look great, Eddie. I think you look great, I'm man. A, I'm an Andy Reid copy. Eddie's actually, he actually has a six-pack. We just Photoshop him every single week. It takes a lot of money. It's worth it. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and his age and obviously already winning that championship that he long, long, long desired. Obviously, we know he has Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, uh, League MVP. But I think if, if he was to win one more championship, let's say they, they this season – he wins his second championship. There's nothing for him, like, to prove in Kansas City. I think he's fulfilled what he had to do, like, his mission in Kansas City. I think when he came to Kansas City, he he knew what the mission was. He knew that he had to get a championship and, and return that happiness to the, to, to the fandom, mm -hmm. to Chiefs Kingdom. He's done that. Uh, even before he won the championship, the just, like, Chiefs Kingdom kept kept growing and growing because of the way Andy Reid like his winning, you know his winning records and everything. So, the kingdom was growing, and, and now that he won this first championship, he proved to the like to this fan base that, you know, like it it it's here, it's yours. Like enjoy, like he he did what he wanted to do. So if he wins another championship, I can see him stepping aside and, and and i would love to 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 have eric the enemy now that we have him step up and and, and take that position and i mm. wouldn't mind andy reed going somewhere else to take that challenge you know what i mean like let's say he magically goes to the cowboys tries and re 
get them their their ring. You know what I mean? So I I can see Andy Reid being I that kind. Of, I can yeah. see Andy Reid being that god. You know what I mean? Because we we've seen that Eric Bieniemy hasn't been given that chance to 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 be a head coach. He hasn't been given that opportunity, and and I think Andy Reid believes in him so much. We've seen in the Super Bowl that Eric Bieniemy was making calls during the Super Bowl. We knew that he gave him that opportunity throughout the playoffs mm-hmm. to prove that he's worth when we were being down. a head coach. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did not go to Andy Reid talk about can we do this the the the, the wasp. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to Andy Reid. Who did he go to? He went this straight to Eric Bieniemy. It's like, do we have time to run wasp? Mm. It just shows how much. They believe in Eric Bieniemy. So oh, sure. if Andy Reid wants, uh, if Andy Reid wins another championship, and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna step aside. I'm still gonna be an NFL coach, just not with the Kansas City Chiefs, because I want to give that opportunity to someone who deserves that opportunity and has proven day in and day out that they are able and capable of having that opportunity. See, that's that's interesting. You say all that because although I don't foresee it going that route, I do think Eric Bieniemy is going to get a job next after this next season, and I think it's going to be with the Jets. Um, that's just my early prediction with all this. If there was a scenario though in which Andy Reid was to retire in the next year or two, I wouldn't want it any other way than how you just described it, Eddie. Yeah. I, I want it that exact way. I want Andy. I want Eric sure. Bieniemy. In Kansas City as long as possible. When I heard he didn't get a head coaching job, I was both happy and frustrated at the same time. Happy because we kept one of the best OCs yeah, in the so entire NFL. Keep that guy around, yeah. But mad and frustrated because he didn't get a job simply because of the skin of the color like, of his skin. He, he deserves it. And, no and, question. And, yeah. Like like I said, the playoffs and everything. And and, and I think Andy Reid is all about opportunities. And, and I think he's he's shown that with his other OCs that went out and became head coaches. You know what I mean? So mm, yeah. I, I can see Andy winning another championship and saying, you know what? It's time for me to step away. I've done what I had to do in Kansas City. It's time for me to go and, and do somewhere else. Hey, I, like, I, don't, I don't think it makes any sense for him to leave Patrick Mahomes and then go try to coach somewhere else. If he's going to leave, he's going to leave the league. I think he's going to retire. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll just use his own words. During the, the parade, he made it very clear that he, had, he was all every bit of intention of being back here next year, of having another parade. I think the guy's hungry for another ring. I think he wants to win as many rings as possible, and I think that he knows that the only way he's getting that is through Patrick Mahomes and this team and these, this fan base that fully supports him and loves him. I just don't. I think if any relieves, he's gone as far as being a coach. Period. Uh, but like you said, I mean, for me, like, I would have no problem with Eric Bieniemy being the guy here. Like I love his passion. He's obviously got the mind for it. He has a connection with Mahomes. He's the OC here. He's he was the OC of our you know what got us over the hump and, and gave us our lifelong goals. Fans and got a you know a chip. So I commend him on all that, but I, I, I think Andy Reid's going to be the head coach here for at least another four or five years. And the reason I why do. is because of what Trevor just stated is how many how many coaches get the opportunity that Andy Reid now has? It's the fountain of youth, man. You're talking you're talking about the most transcendent talent outside of Aaron Rodgers we've ever seen at the quarterback position. Yeah. For you to work tirelessly for 18 years. In the NFL with mediocre quarterback after mediocre quarterback, like McNabb was was an outlier. He was a, he was a damn good quarterback, but he was never an elite quarterback. So at best, he had McNabb, but that was years and years ago. Again, the reason why I feel that five years from now he'll still be coaching. Think about where the Chiefs were five years ago. They were just coming off of a, a, a year in which they didn't make the playoffs. They were nine and seven. You brought back Alex Smith, despite that, they were in quarterback purgatory. 
Good team, went 11 and 5, lost in frustrating fashion again in the playoffs. Andy Reid was spinning his wheels. Now you look five years ahead, he's a Super Bowl champion. To think about the progress from that year, 2015 to 2020, from 2020 to 2025, imagine where he would be in his career at that point. That's why I am of the utmost confidence Andy Reid's not going to squander that opportunity to go from quarterback purgatory for 15-plus years to having the greatest opportunity at quarterback we've ever seen, not even in his prime yet. I mean, think about Andy Reid in his own mind justifying I'm going to bounce after a 25-year-old Patrick Mahomes just led me to the second straight Super Bowl championship. Golden, that sounds absurd to me. Ticket, man. Even if, even if the Chiefs never win another Super Bowl, Andy Reid owes it to himself and to this team to continue to go after that Super Bowl for at least another few years. Again, if it goes any other way, I hope it's your way, Eddie, because that, to me, is the most comfortable I would be Outside of having Andy Reid here, I think Eric Bieniemy is the most suitable character at head coach that the Chiefs could possibly grab right now. You're not going to go get Belichick. You're not getting John Harbaugh. You're not getting Bruce Arians. So you got to go with the next best guy. And the next best guy, realistically, is in our own area. And it's Eric fucking Bieniemy. So again, I would love to see it outside of the situation I think is going to actually play out. I do believe Eric Bieniemy is going to be the head coach of the Jets in 2021. I'm calling it now. I think Adam Gase gets himself fired because he sucks, and he's way, he's going to potentially waste Sam Darnold's career. I think you go and see Eric Bieniemy play out the remainder of that contract with Le'Veon Bell as his, his, his running back, and Sam Darnold as his quarterback, and tries to get himself a team up there in New York with the transition of the AFC East going the way it does. If, if I'm the Texans, I wouldn't pay attention to Eric Bieniemy. Fair, without a doubt. Fair, because they got to keep Deshaun Watson. Yep. Like, Bill, Bill O'Brien's a bum. You, you saw DeAndre Hopkins on that Jalen Jalen and Jacoby show. He was trying his best to keep composed. They're talking about Deshaun Watson's out of tech, out of Houston as soon as he can. That's after this next season. He doesn't have to sign the contract after this next season. He should. But if they get uh, if they get Eric Bieniemy, just imagine Deshaun Watson ain't going nowhere. Right. Right. Yeah. So I mean, Texas I'm with you on that because there's an actual respect level there. Yeah, Texas need to look this way. Yeah. And a shout out to our guy Ron Hughley out there, who's now uh, in in, uh, in Houston uh, covering the Texans. Well, not covering, but he's doing a show out there with Six Ten Sports out there in Houston. Super freaking happy for happy for you, man. We had him on the show a few months ago. Yep. Uh, tried to body me on the last segment when I was saying that uh, the guys in the fifties were not in the should not be in the NFL one hundred. But I digress. <laughs> I digress, Ron. We're gonna have you on the show very soon. Don't worry, man. We talked last night. Excited for you, bro. Uh, I'm gonna also make an NFL prediction. I don't do this. I told you guys this, but I, I ended up making one about the Patriots. Now yep. they're going to absolutely suck in 2020, and then they're going to absolutely go after uh, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, in the in the draft next season. I'm making another one. Holy shit! And it's going to make this guy really happy. I'm just letting you know, Trevor's going to be really happy about this one. I am not predicting the Packers are going to be great this year. What I am going to predict is we're going to see the best version of Aaron Rodgers since 2011. I am putting that on tape. Y'all done piss my mans off. I thought about this and thought about this, and it is so true. It is so factually true. 
that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback when he plays pissed off. It is statistically proven whenever he talked about R-E-L-A-X, relax, and all the fans were clamoring about them. They didn't lose another game for the rest of the regular season. He played his ass off for the rest of the regular season. He steps his game up when he absolutely has to. It goes back to 2011. His greatest NFL his NFL season was in 2011 when he won MVP after they had just won the championship. The reason why I believe Aaron Rodgers played so well in 2011 isn't just because he was in his prime and they had a really good team around him. Obviously, they just won the Super Bowl. It was be it was because of the fact that people try to downplay that Super Bowl and say that they didn't really earn that championship, even though that's absolutely insane. Seeing they had 15 players on IR and they had to go on the road in every single game, only the second team to ever do that. So Aaron Rodgers is like, all right. You motherfuckers don't think I can do it again? He goes and throws forty-five touchdowns the next season. Well, I think and a lot of people to KC. I think a lot of people <laughs> are fourteen KC. Right. Last last season, Aaron Rodgers. Last Touché. season, Aaron Rodgers was attempting to play within a system. That's why his numbers. He was still extremely efficient, if not you know right up there with the top efficient quarterbacks in the league last year. His numbers weren't flashy and great like they normally are. But he he was playing within a system, like, and I do agree with you. I think he's they're going to kind of let Aaron Rodgers just kind of go out there and do what he does. They, it's essentially they, they give him weapons. It's essentially period. a farewell tour, Trevor. They were a game away from the Super Bowl. They were a game away from the Super Bowl. But they won 13 games, that head coach, and they just lost to the better team. The head coach just told Aaron Rodgers, "I don't want you." That, I mean, that is exactly what he said. He but, traded up for another quarterback. The, the, what better way to say fuck coach, you about to have an MVP type season? I mean, yeah, but your head coach just said, "I don't want you." Yeah, and I, I don't care. What, I don't care what you do. You're not going to impress me. Yeah. Hence. To why Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. I want, him, he, I want him to leave. He said the yeah. right thing. He said the right he thing in the media. The Patriots. The oh, problem. The, the mouth. problem is. The problem though is is, is, is advanced <laughs> age. His advanced age, and the Patriots are going to go try to go young. I, I'm I'm sticking to that prediction. The Patriots are going to try to retool at quarterback. They're not going to try to retread. They're going to try to retool. That's how I see that going. I 100 percent believe they're going after Trevor Lawrence. Oh, they. they Hundred yeah, percent. So that they traded. There's no point of paying Aaron Rodgers thirty-five million dollars if you're gonna go get Trevor Lawrence with the first or second overall pick. It's just not? not gonna happen because it doesn't make sense. You don't, don't know, go man. and get a quarterback that early and keep Aaron Rodgers on your staff. Bill Belichick. I, I mean, then again, I guess it's reverse psychology because if he wants a pissed off Aaron Rodgers, I guess you go and do get Trevor Lawrence and then you get yourself a fifty touchdown Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and he goes to the Chargers. Right. So <laughs> look. I don't know why I decided to come up with that tonight. I, I was thinking about it today. I was like, do I do I post this or do I have this on the show tonight or not? I I needed to get that out because we're not even talking football yet. But I feel like there's something that is brewing in Green Bay that is that is it's gonna blow up in their face. I I do believe in Jordan Love. I think he's gonna be a good quarterback. the 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 jury's still out on Matt Lafleur as a head coach, though, and I think Aaron Rodgers realizes that. He's playing for an unproven coach who basically just, like you said, Eddie, fuck you. I don't want you as my quarterback. Which is strange. They seemingly had a good relationship last year. And I even think they have a good relationship. Where, even when LaFleur was like, go win, us that, go win us that game, old man. Right. Or whatever. And he went out there and won, and took that game-winning drive, and they won the game. I don't think there's hard feelings. Yeah. I think that it's business. I think, and I, LaFleur, think, honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers is past that shit. LaFleur La really sees the long game. He's yeah. like, look, I want to be the head coach here for a decade. So how do I do that? I go and get myself a young, developed quarterback and try just, to get myself my try to get myself a Patrick Mahomes. No, but that Lafleur had nothing to do with that contract. I know, though. but but is Love really a Patrick Mahomes? I'm not saying he is. I, I'm not trying to make take that the claim. Chance. I get it. That's exactly right because before Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes, people didn't know he was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That's the point. Fuck the Packers, but yeah, you got to take the chance. I get and it. And be honest with you, the only reason why Jordan Love wasn't high, more highly touted is because I'm stupid weed charge. 
He got in trouble. That he had, he had a little, every yeah, single draft. He got a little Justin weed. He, yeah, heavens. he got a little yeah. weed, and then you know people were worried about that all of a sudden. Yeah. So Jordan Love's talent is insanely high. He's got a very talented arm for sure. They work him correctly. He can end up becoming a star in this league, and I believe in him. I do believe in Jordan Love. I think he's got the intangibles. The point with this is, with the farewell tour, which I do believe is 2020 for Aaron Rodgers, I think this will be his last season in Green Bay. I hope so. You're going to see a pissed off Aaron Rodgers because also, to Trevor's point, if he hopes so, I think Aaron Rodgers wants that because he's also interviewing for his next spot. Where that's going to be, we can speculate on that for the next 12 months. Chargers. As long as he stays healthy. That's the main thing with Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career, to stay healthy. If anything, the Chargers should be like, hey. Well, because of the evolution you know, of the game. Quarterback. With, and I, and with I the think, evolution. I think, and I think Aaron Rodgers is a very good locker room guy, too. I, I, as much as criticism as he's got, he's very you know cynical. But Maybe. he's very real. But I, th- I think he he has, especially with his offensive guys, like his receivers. You know, Devontae Adams loves him. You know, every guy vouches for him. So I think I do agree with you. I think he's going to be that guy this year, and I think his teammates are going to want to do it with him as much as you know within their power. So I mean, he needs weapons. So as far as them going far, I think his numbers will be good. But as far as them going far, I just like this past season they ran into a better team against the 49ers. The 49ers was just outrightly the better roster. Um, that's why oh, they, they were completely make... outmatched. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Completely both times, outmatched. Both times they had their asses waxed. But see, so... what's beautiful about this, and to speculate on it a little bit, mm. we there there are gonna be job openings that we don't see right now, right? In a year. Well, Colts too. The Colts. I mean, they say Philip Rivers falls through this year, and he goes to Indianapolis. Is gonna have right. that's a good spot still too. Like you, you mentioned Eddie, the Chargers. What if Justin Herbert sucks? Exactly. What if Terod Taylor isn't any good? Yeah, Chargers. They're gonna be in a desperation mode. They Cali can they kid. can change coaches. He's and they kid. have a solid roster. There's there's also there's other sides. there's the Tennessee Titans that can go with another direction from Tannehill after that next season. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers could jump off Jimmy Garoppolo after this next Ooh. season and go and get Aaron Rodgers for one last stand, Dude, how, which I mean, would be poetic yeah, as fuck because yeah. it's not only his hometown but it's yeah. the team that passed on him and he told him they would regret it yeah. the poetry and all of that would be amazing and then he can go and lose in the super bowl to patrick mahomes that'd be even greater you know there's just so many possibilities i just don't, I just don't like the packers organization the man. way they the way they did him they've squandered two of the greatest quarterbacks in nfl history and have two rings to show for it exactly you should have four or five at least and now, two of the and now, greatest talents and now you're ever possibly seen. talking to love could possibly be one of those also quarterbacks if you're falling into three quarterbacks yeah like all time greats, yeah. it's crazy. well, especially right now. Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver he's ever yes, had. He's ever had, yeah. And, and you're not in the draft, and it, uh, this is why I had a problem with the pick. But I mean, I know we can get on with this, but like you should, you got to build, you got to give him weapons. We you're, will see what yeah. takes place. I just wanted to throw that in there in the midst of the segment. I know it was I'm about Andy Reid, but I just wanted to throw that out there. So we're gonna take a quick break because when we get back. We're opening up the Monday mailbag. I hope you guys are excited as we are because I cannot wait to get to what our guys are talking about on the Monday mailbag. We'll get back to that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mail time. 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 
It is time for the Monday Mailbag. Every single week what we do is we give you guys the platform. You guys as, as in the listening audience, the viewing audience, where we give you um, a post on our Facebook group, The Spoken, and we basically give you an opportunity to give us whatever you're discussing, whatever you're debating, whatever you want us to debate about, discuss about, your topics, your questions, your concerns. We react. We give you guys the shout out. And we just go from there. So, Eddie, what is in the Monday Mailbag this week? All right, man. Our first question comes from Donnie Couch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Donnie. He's going to chuckle at that like it's a real shock. Our guy Don's hanging out with us. You don't say. <laughs> what would you guys rather have on a hot summer day? A glass of homemade lemonade, a glass of homemade limeade, or a glass of homemade tea? I have the opinion that limeade is a superior drink. <sighs> to, keep, to keep it in the world of sports, I'm going to go with Arnold Palmer. <laughs> So go ahead and give me an Arnie Palmy. Uh, that's that's my vote, Mr. Donnie. Uh, I'm gonna go with the limeade. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I'm a big limeade guy, and uh, I think Sonic actually makes a really good slushy limeade thingy. So Route 44 is those. Definitely man. go with Ocean that. Waters, dude. Ocean water. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Hey, Sonic slush is lordy. That's goat status right oh, there. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go with the limeade. All right. Next question. Uh, my father grew up in Kansas City. Was born and raised here, and watched the cheese as and has never missed a game in his life. He always used to tell me about the legendary barbecue place, Arthur Bryan's, but sadly I've never, uh, but sadly I've heard that it's not as good as it once was. Is this true? <laughs> yes. Food Network now. I yes. <laughs> I know, like, now I'm freaking starving as hell. I'm, I'm thorny. I'm Arthur food horny, man. Right, man. Look, Arthur Bryan's is overrated. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's historical here. Right? I We've grown up in Kansas City, too. We've yeah. had nothing but barbecue this in our entire lives. Gates, Joe's KC, even Q39 is better than Arthur Bryant's. Arthur Bryant's falls way down the list for me just because of the fact that I feel like they're overpriced for what you're getting. Uh, the portions aren't great. They're good. They're not great. And their pulled pork is not my favorite in the world. Uh, their burn-ins are not great. And to be honest with you, their sauces are very, very inferior to these other guys that I just mentioned. I, I think if, if you're craving barbecue in Kansas City, you're going to throw a rock and hit a better place than Arthur Bryant's, in my personal there, opinion. And there's so many options. Like, I'm going to throw out a couple that are a couple of my underground favorites. Woodyard, barbecue, and slaps, dude. Slaps. If you guys want some, like, incredible ribs, and since we're on the food topic, we're on the Food Network now, uh, slaps, dude. Shout out to my guys at slaps. It's a, that place is so heat, man. There's, their ribs, are, to me, are my favorite ribs in town. But my go-to is usually Joe's KC or Gates. LCs don't oh, sleep okay. on don't, don't sleep on LCs. And most people who's a native knows about LCs. Don't sleep though. on LCs. LCs. That LCs Missouri side barbecue was the shit. Yeah, yeah. Just letting you guys you know. Can't, there's so many though. I can go Why on. Yeah. Wind up. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh. You know, you want to hang out with the country folk. Wind out's pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah. But Slaps has got this unique sauce. They have this one sauce. It's like a syrupy type. It's yeah, mm. so damn. Yeah, good. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, dude. Nice. Check it out. Hope Just that answers me. your question, Donnie, because uh, we're trying to lead you into I'm a hungry. good light. Damn you. <laughs> All right. Get your cholesterol somewhere else. <laughs> Donnie Couch again. One final question for y'all. Which would you rather own? 49% ownership of the Kansas City Chiefs with a chance to have lunch with Clark on Sunday for every game day or full or every game day or full ownership of the new NBA expansion team in Kansas City will free reign of naming the team and choosing the coaching staff in front office. I'm going to stick with the first option because I think 40% stock of the Chiefs is 49. more 
49%. Okay, so 49%, yeah, even more so. Uh, forty. So essentially 50% of the Chiefs, yeah, give me that. It's the NFL. NFL is king. You're going to make money regardless. Yeah, especially but, right now. But the NFL is always going to be king, at least in our lifetime. The NBA is doing well, but you got to think. Your, your max capacity, you're getting, what, 19, 20,000 people in those stands? If that's a sellout... And if you're an expansion team, that means it's going to take time to grow, which means you're going to be putting even more money in. Yeah. If I'm walking in and becoming a 49% owner of the Chiefs, I'm inheriting a team that's been around for 60 fucking years yeah. that I didn't have to work and make the leg work for. Dude, hell yeah. And I'm hanging out with Clark? Sign me the I'm saying I'm hanging out with the Clorks. Sign me up. Me and Dwayne Bow hanging out with the be Clorks. There with me. Dwayne Bow brought the Sonic. Hey. We're chilling. Yeah. You know, bringing the sticky icky into the room. Like Clark and I are passing the bowl. Like this is perfect, dude. I, I give me the give me door number one. Donnie, man, I was ready for a murder, fuck, kill question. I was <laughs> I, I was I was expecting that. Got marry one, fuck one, and kill one. Yeah. Go. It's like what uh, are the options? Sesame no, Street. Yeah, what? I, I echo what you said completely. I would that would I would definitely take that that route as well. So yeah. Next question comes from uh, Shane Shane Shaggy. Not Shaggy right now. <sighs> Got to grow the beard Not back, so Shaggy Shags. Shane. I, I would say I miss your face, but I just miss the beard. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding, dude. You know, he knows I love him. He knows I love him. His uh, his question is: What do you honestly think of Drew Brees' comments about the American flag, and how do you think it will affect the locker room? In my opinion, he really screwed up. What is your take? And I know you kind of touched on this earlier. It's all Trevor. Uh, I'm I'm gonna keep it short. Um, it without a doubt, it's gonna affect the locker room. Do I think it's? Do I think it's not repair? Is it, is it irreparable or is it is it, is it non-fixable? Is this a non-fixable situation? I don't think so because I truly do believe Drew Brees is a great person. He's shown that over his career, as far as being you know a, 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 what he does for the community. This was just a this was just a black mark on his you know a, a definite a definite black mark on his resume. Um, for him to show his true colors. And I think that's, you know, if that's what he believes, that's what he believes. And that's how he felt. I know he's apologized two different times and went to people individually, but it's going to cause a stir up probably for the whole rest of the season. Um, it's, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of a wait and see type of thing to see if that affects the chemistry. I don't see how it doesn't affect the chemistry. I think it will cause a rift in that locker room. And depending on, it really doesn't matter. If there's like, you know, Semi role players around that have still hold a grudge and have an issue with them, but if, if the star players, you know, like Michael Thomas and Kamara and and, and, and Cam Jordan, these Malcolm guys, Jenkins, and yeah, Malcolm Jenkins, if they if they if they can get past it and rally around him, and I don't blame him if they don't get past well, it. Michael Thomas uh, tweeted out that he accepted his apology. Right. It's easy to say that until you see. I, I, words are words for me. I have to see things first. I, I mean, it's such a good team. I expect them to be good unless there's some off field stuff going on. I do believe. Drew Brees will get everything in order, and they will get. There's a lot of time left, you know, before the season gets going. I think they should get things together. I don't think it's going to affect them. I still think they're the best team in that division, and I still think that they will win that division. Um, so for me, I don't think it's going to be going to cause. And right now, I don't think it's going to cause any issues on the field. But I mean, we've seen teams have inner turmoil in the locker room and still have success on the field. We've seen that in the, even with the Patriots dynasties. So, um, I think he was wrong, obviously, for what he said. Um, I think it's fixable, but it really depends on how the guys approach him and how they move on with it. It's up to them because they have every right to feel however they want to feel. So it's really up to them how they feel about it. But I do think the Saints are going to be a fine as far as the product on the field goes. All right. Uh, last question, then. Second question from Shaggy. 
Fox knew Laura Ingram, who told LeBron James to shut up and dribble two years ago, defended Drew Brees this week, which prompted LeBron James to tweet back at her for defending Drew Brees. You can tell that she's really getting under LeBron's skin. His question is, should all sports petition to have her removed from her job for her obvious racist instigating statements? Or should the majority just ignore her because her crowd and her base is white, racist, uneducated, and for Trump? I've not been one that has uh, suggested that people lose their job like we just talked about uh, with the Galaxy player. Having said that, if I hear that Lori Ingram loses her job, which she won't, Fox is going to defend her. But let's say she lost her job. In no way, shape, or form will I be upset about that. Because she's put herself in this position. No one else has. I understand that she has a narrative that she has to play along with and that she has to play a character in some areas. But at the end of the day, it is personal responsibility. And what she had said to KD and LeBron alone is damning. What she caused and what she put herself into is something that no human being should ever even attempt or joke about. Let alone deciding to go to the defense of Drew Brees when he fucked up dramatically and made some of the most insensitive and selfish remarks I've ever heard a pro athlete ever make, despite not even acknowledging the fact he's one of the most influential and greatest athletes in NFL history. So I'm not going to sit here and say that she should lose her job, but in my personal opinion, I would in no way, shape, or form be upset if she did because, like I said, you earn your keep and you earn your sleep. And I think that, honestly, that's the type of thing that I think people could lose their jobs over. And I wouldn't, like I said, I'm not going to be upset about it because you didn't do anything to benefit the situation. You didn't do anything to help the situation. You've only caused more racial divide. And people like that should not have platforms, in my personal opinion. Do you have the right to say what you want? Yes. But you should be able to suffer, suffer the consequences because of it. Yeah, I don't think she should lose her job because that's what makes this country beautiful and free and everyone should have the, be entitled to their opinion just like she stated you know that drew Brees should have his own opinion but at the same time she didn't think that about KD and lebron she didn't think that wonder they why did, she didn't think they deserved their own opinion it's because these people tell on themselves right these people tell on themselves and i'm using the term these people because to me that's what they are because they're just a face on the tv regurgitating the shit that's being told to them regardless if they believe it or not she's telling on herself with this statement's that she gave in comparison to Drew Brees and to LeBron James. And everyone knows it. Whether you want to admit it or not, everyone knows that there's an underlying tone going on here. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because we always get told, you know, don't, don't pander or listen to the mainstream media. The Fox News people will tell you that about CNN, and then CNN people will tell you about that about Fox News, and it's just a clusterfuck here that we got to deal with because... Which mainstream media are you talking about? Who's pandering to who? Who's fake news? This is, this, this, is, this, is, this is the problem because no one can meet in the middle. There's no bipartisanship. Not, she obviously, like I said, she told on herself. With You can call it racist. You can call it whatever it is. You can call it bigoted. It's a cognitive bias because she has a racial bias. Because if Drew Brees, I'm not going gonna, gonna to say it. Drew Brees was a black man here. Would she really be coming out and saying that he deserves that opinion if she if he was saying something in the contrary to what she believed or that wasn't that wasn't good for Fox News to push? I don't know because obviously she showed her colors when it was about when LeBron James and KD were you know critical of the president 
as if they can't say anything critical of the president. And when 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 are, when are we, when are athletes allowed to be critical? Is it when Drew Brees can be critical and stand up for what he thinks is right? Why is that not go? Why is that not allowed for everyone? This is the thing. I don't understand why. Why I, I'm just gonna get back to it. I don't think she should lose her job. Um, but I do think she should openly apologize. I do. I think that should. I, cause she, Everyone, I mean, the internet and the social media is, is spreading it like wildfire. Everyone's seen that, you know, the, the two quotes up next to each other. And I know she's seen it, and I'm sure she's been confronted about it. And I'm sure her social media is getting blown up about it. I do think she should openly apologize. Do I expect that? Absolutely not. Um, but it's sickening, and it's sad, and it's just, this is just a microcosm of the shit that we deal with on a daily basis that we see, you know, for anybody who's willing to look at it from the outside, looking in as I do myself and as Lance does himself. And I know uh, numerous people that I know that don't pander to one side or the other. You have to kind of have a, um, a collective gray area here. That's how you keep yourself honest. Um, so do I think she lose her, she should lose her job? No, if she doesn't, I'm not gonna be sad about it. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I have it, man. I, I don't agree with it. Obviously, I think she's wrong every single way, and I think she's uh, pandering I, to her side. I would actually, I, if it's okay, I would like to get your uh, opinion on this, Eddie, um, if that's okay, because I, I know that this is a very controversial thing, and, and not to put you on the spot, but you no. are somebody who has served in the military. There are a lot of sensitive topics, too. You don't have to really delve into that necessarily, but just from this standpoint alone, like how do you feel about her comments and the way that she's had such an, a glaring and blatant double standard? Look, all, all I'm going to say is it, it doesn't matter what you say. You're always going to be right and wrong at the same time. Uh, it, it all depends on what the people that believe you're right believe and the people that be, believe you're wrong believe. So, I mean... Like I said, you're always going to be right and wrong. Dependent. It doesn't matter what your your position is. It doesn't matter what your views are. You're always going to be wrong to somebody. You're always going to be right to somebody. So that, that that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to like put anything out there because I don't want to be like saying something and then people are saying no, it's wrong, and then some people are saying this. Right. I just don't want to be fair enough. I don't want to be part of that. Fair enough. Is it we? Is that the only question or the last question we had? Yep. That okay. Is it. Well, thank you guys so much. We really do appreciate you guys every single week contributing the way that you do. Uh, this is personally probably my favorite segment just because of the fact that I feel like we're, we're just kind of hanging out together as as a buddy singing Kumbaya. So, and that's, we're going to move to our second, or at least uh, some of us, that might be our favorite segment. What's it, what's it called, guys? Hold, Hold this L. L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. It is time to hold this L. 
Every single week, we like to give out L's, and I, I know I mixed it up a little bit last week. I actually handed out a W to uh, my guy, BJ Kissel, the Chiefs reporter, and a few other reporters that have been standing strong in this uh, very tough and trying time in our country. Really appreciated what they said and what they've been doing. And uh, actually, our guy, BJ Kissel, actually uh, petitioned that we have Juneteenth actually a a national holiday, which I think is awesome, and I think that's a great movement that we should get on. I think there's over 3,000 signatures that he's gotten already. So Absolutely. our guy BJ Kissel is definitely making an impact. I talked to him this last week, and I just really wanted to thank him for everything he's been doing. It's been a big-time inspiration for all of us. I believe, I don't want to speak for my guy Eddie, mm-hmm. but I think he's following suit and is going to be handing out a W as well. Is that I correct, do, Eddie? Yes, Rumor has it? Yes, yes. Right. Rumor is correct. Uh, you gave one last week, and I, I guess I figured, why not? I know? like it. So, Trevor, you're next week. Sure. <laughs> Follow suit, bro. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I'm gonna give this uh, this W to to WWE. Uh, so, so it's WWE. Yes. Oh, WWE. perfect. Okay. Yeah. And obviously the superstar Drake Maverick. Uh, so about two months. So when this whole pandemic started, uh, obviously WWE with the financial crisis that they've been dealing with years, they had to fur- furloughed uh, a lot of talent, a lot of great talent. And obviously they they didn't want to get rid of everybody, but they couldn't keep them because they just couldn't pay them. Uh, so what they did, they did this whole NXT tournament, and they brought they brought back uh, Drake Maverick, who was clearly outspoken when he got released, and he was obviously hurt, and he posted on like on on his social media, like like he didn't know like what he was gonna do next because WWE was his life and. So it was just a really emotional, emotional time, and it really got with the fans. It also like struck with me because of the like he was being sincere. It was every everything. He he did not say anything bad about the company. He he only made the company even like he praised the company. You know, even yeah. even though he had just gotten fired, he still went out there to his social medias and praised this company, and and obviously WWE. Paid paid attention to that, and they they did a a tournament for the I, I believe it's a cruiserweight championship, and they invited him back, and in this tournament he made it all the way to the championship round. Uh, he obviously lost, but he and he knew it was his last his last day with WWE again. Even though I don't know if he was performing for free, I don't think he was. I know there was some, there had to be some kind of contract, but at the end of that, Triple H came out from behind him. He didn't know Triple H was behind him. Triple H came out behind him, put his head on his uh, on his shoulder, and handed him a contract. Oh, nice! Right then and there, that's and, great. That's and great. he he just broke crying. He was already crying. He just like cried even more because I don't think he was expect. I think this was a real real moment. Because super, like I said, uh, the NXT superstars, mm-hmm. they they had them uh, as fans. They were also there and they were cheering and. You gotta quit talking about it, this. I'm gonna be like one of those <laughs> those ladies who are like, you know, they're like trying to fan their face. I feel like that. That's awesome, bro. That's a, yeah, that's such so a cool story. I, I want to give a shout out to WWE for for doing that. They they paid attention. They they knew that one of their superstars was in need because. They knew that he he even said that he might become homeless because he didn't have a job and he only depended in wrestling, mm. because that's the only thing he knew how to do, and I like how WWE pay attention to that. They and and they responded in a in a great way. Obviously, there's gonna be people like, well, what about the other superstars? What about this? Why only him? 
not everybody gets the same opportunities, but when the opportunity presents itself, you know, you got to take it. I know it sucks for the other superstars, but, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's still a business. Yeah. They made someone dream, someone's dreams come true. It, exactly. Awesome. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, it's still a business, but what they did with this superstar, it was great, and, and it, it's just emotional, and it ended with the happy ending. So, That's great, yeah. man. That's, That's really cool. I want to give WWE an, uh, a W. So they can hold w, that W. Yeah, so at WWE, hold, hold this W. w. Yeah. That's what, I like it. It actually has a nice little ring that to it. That's great. I'm going to bring the mood down again. Um, <laughs> so Thanks for bringing it up. We're going to bring it right yeah. back down. <laughs> bring so it back welcome. to normal. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, speaking of the trend that's been going on around uh, lately with all this madness going on with the Drew Brees shit and, you know, people kind of exposing themselves... Um, I'm sure a lot of you have read the, the, the story on the rookie quarterback for the Bills, Jake Fromm. Um, look, man, I know I've experienced it in a lot of, more, than, more times than I would like to admit in my lifetime, growing up around certain people or just working with certain people of, you know, of a certain color. I'll just say it. I've worked around a, numerous white people in my life, not even just white people, but people that have prejudice towards other people, and they'll feel comfortable enough to say certain things behind closed doors or in private or it's just me and that other person or sometimes arrogantly enough openly in a group setting where they feel comfortable enough to say bigoted and racist shit um and that's to me what comes out of the story that i read from jake from supposedly there were screenshots of him texting having a text conversation with someone um he said the it was this was last year i believe 2019 uh from what he wrote was, I guess he said, it was on the dis- the guns discussion, talking about gun laws and guns in general. Um, from wrote, but no guns are good. They need to they need to let me get suppressors bef- uh, before adding. Just make them very expensive so only elite white people can get them. Ha ha. I, I mean, I don't necessarily know the entire context of the situation. I don't know his personality. But like I said, I've been around people that have said things in passing or I've even been around people, you know, fellow white people on certain jobs that I've worked that I've used the N word frequently. I obviously have more times than not checked those persons or tell them, tell them not to use that around me or, you know, don't even you know hint at any kind of racist or bigotry vitriol at all. Um, I know this is a much lighter version than what I'm talking about in my personal experiences, but to me, this is kind of in the same vest of that because this is a personal text message situation that was going on. He's having a conversation back and forth with someone via text message, and he probably felt comfortable enough to say something like that. Regardless if he's kidding or not, like I said, I don't know the whole I know he's come out and he's, he's obviously apologized for it, but um, I just think people, are, the generation that we're living in now, people are quickly getting exposed or they think that they're having a safe conversation about something and it's getting exposed, and it should be. Um, because there's a lot of, and this is the thing, people like to act like racism doesn't exist still, or it's not as prevalent as it once was, which is, is true. We've definitely come a long way from the 60s and prior to those days. Um, but still, this, there's conversations like this that still exist, right? There's There's classism, there's racism, there's... You know, just personal bigotry between individuals. Um, so Jake Fromm obviously looks 
pretty silly in those comments in that task message conversation that he had. Um, the fact that he claims that there's an elite white group kind of tells you all you need to know uh, that he, you know, that's how he sees it, right? Because um, you definitely wouldn't hear that from any other race having a conversation. Yeah, elite, just leave that for the elite whites. That's not, that, no one really sees it that way other than, you know, people of that ilk. So, Jake from, I know I brought the mood down like I just said I would. You're welcome. No, I'm about to do a backflip. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jake from, do me a favor, buddy. Don't make that mistake again, but you're going to have to do me a favor and hold this L. L. Ah, this is going to be fun. I'm because I, I, know, I know I know, so, so, so many of you are mad right now. <laughs> and you know who I'm talking to. You all know who I'm already talking to. Your faces are getting red just like your neck. A lot of snowflakes um, out there. Look, we, we, there's no mystery about it. We, we live in a part of the country where there are people that, let's just say, aren't as open-minded when it comes to... Um, you know, the fact that black people, Mexican people, white people all should coexist and love each other equally, right? Let's just put it like that. Um, and we're all fully aware that since 2017, the Chiefs have had a quarterback on their team that is uh, half black. Well, that half black quarterback is by the name of Patrick Mahomes came out and uh, actually at the beginning of this episode, in case you missed it, if you're on the, on the podcast side of things, uh, you heard him play a significant role in this new video a collection of other star players in the NBA, in the nfl coming together and, and making it aware that hey look the nfl's dragging their ass let's let's speak out and let's all talk about the fact that all of our black lives along with the rest of the black lives out there matter but i know there are a lot of you out there that are cheese fans and that are racist <laughs> And our black quarterback came out and said Black Lives Matter. And I know that pissed you off. And I know you exist because I've seen it already on social media. I'm not going to out you. Don't worry. I wanted to. I really wanted I to. And in fact, I, I might later on. Yeah, I literally saw people telling him to, tra to trade him. To trade him. Yeah. That was There's people saying they need to trade Patrick Mahomes because he said Black Lives Matter. His own life matters. He's stating his own life matters. Y'all are pissed. And I love it because you know what? You guys get a nice fat L tonight because our black quarterback isn't going anywhere. And his black life matters just as much as any of you motherfuckers. So in that case, you racist motherfuckers, do me a favor and hold this L and enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you all so much. Episode 67 has been an absolute blast. I hope you guys have enjoyed this as much as I have. It's been so much fun. We look forward to it each and every week. We're getting closer to episode 69 if we're hey. being real here. That's going to be a party. We're nice. going to see if we get friend of the show, Grop Gronkowski, on. Just to enjoy the, the numerical value of number 16. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Gat, you're the best. Thank you so much for Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twiddle, for the King of Kings, Mr. Clay Windler. We thank you guys so much. Monday Mailbag, all of our usuals. Cannot wait to hear what you guys have for us next week. And hopefully we can talk about something a little bit more positive to start the show off. Trust me when I say, guys, it's been very tiring. But it's something I am not going to hold off on from talking about. And real quick, I promised my guy Mad Marlin from Run Your Mouth KC. I did tell him I was going to give a shout-out. I asked him if he could give me a list, comprise a list of black-owned restaurants in Kansas City to support. I'm going to list these off really quick. Casey Cajun, Peachtree Restaurant Buffet, uh, Gaius, uh, I'm sorry, Go Get Catering, Simply the Best Cuisine, Casey Dactory Shop, Gates Barbecue, Wings and More, Nisi's Restaurant, Wings Cafe, hello, uh, Urban's Cafe, KC, Crust Plus, The District Biscuit House, Seasons Class and Catering, Davis House of Catering, LC's Barbecue, Ruby Jeans Juicery, 
Uh, I believe that says EAB Fish and More. I'm sorry, it's just kind of uh, uh, it's hard to see. Eminem Bakery and Deli, Crab King Seasoned Food, Casey, uh, Soray uh, Steak and Oyster House, Beignet, King's Table Soul Food, Big Mama Casey, Charlie D's Boy. Uh, Blue Nile Cafe, Fanny's West African Cuisine, Delta Trends Soul Food, Double M Market, Jazzy B's Diner, Smacks, Vision Enterprises Unlimited, Wings and Things Express, The Velvet Freeze Daiquiris, Casey Soul Sisters, Casey and Re Catch and Release Fried Fish and Barbecue, Lufty's Fried Fish, Bayou on the Vine, Big T's Barbecue, The Casey Juke House, Blues and Jazz Bar and Restaurant. Go support your black-owned businesses in Kansas City. Empower these communities, guys. We can do it together. Thank you all so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And until next week on episode 68, we out of this bitch. Bye. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoken. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit.